Danny Gamerhead Radio, John's Karnami refused to let him join our broadcast, so instead he is phoning it in, but that's actually a good thing in this case. What, what a piece of shit, car. <laughs> Gamerhead Radio starts now. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Gamerhead Radio. My name is Charlie, Technotron Corn Worthley. Candy Mountain, Charlie. Uh, I'm Goat. <laughs> I'm Santiago, a.k.a. Fallon Flynn. Morbius for villains! Come on! And uh, for those listening, you might notice a slight audio difference in the quality of uh, John's uh, vocals. Uh, John, would, would you tell the, our, our dear listeners why it is that uh, your audio sounds a little bit different this week? Because I am not in the studio. I am at home recording, uh, you know, over, over the internet. Because my car is a rat fuck bastard. <laughs> Um, yeah, John had some automobile and transportation issues that came up immediately before, uh, yeah. before he was set like, to leave to come to the show. Like, I discovered that there was a problem when I got, uh, you know, when I was, when I was going to be coming out, so, you know. Yeah, so, uh, th- through the magics of the internets and the Skypes, uh, we are, well, we're, we're gonna, we're, we're hoping that this is going to be, uh, listenable for you fine folk, um. This is uh this is this is uh this is a trial run, so um uh, I won't know until how it sounds until I'm in editing tomorrow night, but hopefully uh hopefully it's hopefully it works out well enough. Adventures in Gamerhead Radio Land this this last month though, between our chipmunk episode and our, you know, <laughs> dialing it in episode here, you know, where you guys are getting some flavor. That's sure. true. And uh, especially for, for us in the studio here, um, this is, is especially weird because it's like virtual John right now. It's like because the computer that, that, John is, that John's Skype call is currently running on is where he usually sits in the studio. So it's literally like flat John is, uh, is we're talking to. So, uh, yeah, exactly. I, I prefer surrogate John. <laughs> surrogate John. Uh, so, um... Aside from automobile problems, John, how's your week been? Good. Um, I'm done with two of my three classes, which has uh, raised a tremendous amount of pressure off of my shoulders and uh, is now starting to allow a trickling of some measure of free time for me to get back to some normalcy, whatever the fuck that is. Um, and uh, I, I did spend some time doing a little bit of playing this week, and uh, <clears throat> you know, like like so many others this week, uh, watched. Uh, the Game Awards and, uh, you know, the, the PlayStation experience, which we'll talk about later in the episode. And um, that's it, man. Spent time with my son, spent time with my wife, and uh, just basked in the glory of not having to do fucking schoolwork, man. But I did also spend um, a chunk of my week working on some villain stuff. Uh, we may be playing new material at Con on Delete, uh, and I'll tell you guys a little bit more about that later. But but things are brewing. The the, the kettle is, is... The chicken is in the pot. <laughs> Aw, poor chicken. Uh, Goat, how about you? How's your week been? Uh, I don't know. I've been at work. <laughs> okay. Pretty much all week. So so, so productive um, on behalf of the man, but productive. Yeah, whatever. They pay me overtime. Yeah. They let me buy fine, fine things like I have no idea because I can't get out of work. <laughs> Char- all right. Charlie, how's, how's your week? Uh, not bad. Um, I... I Decided that I was going to do everything I could possibly do to relax this last weekend, just because even even after the conclusion of Cider Fest, I've still been working on stuff, and um, I, I I'm proud to say that up until um, tonight, when you know for the podcast, I did not put on pants all weekend, and let me tell you, that was a phenomenal uh, thing to be able to say that I did. So uh, it was uh, it was good. Uh, my house. Uh, Peter from Office Space. I did nothing. Yeah. <laughs> everything that I thought it would. 
<laughs> that, that is that is true. I think the phenomenal part of that entire statement was you did put pants on for the podcast. Well, yes, I mean, and lucky he did. Yep. Well, I mean, you can just turn your screen off. Um. <laughs> yep. That that's true. Uh, but uh, yes, goat cannot turn off his eyes, but John, you can turn off your Skype. So uh, really lucky for goat. I have a bit of imagination. <laughs> Um, that sounds like a separate problem. Um, so before we get into what we've been playing, uh, coming out in releases this week, on Monday, December 7th, Helldivers for the PC. Tuesday, December 8th, uh, Earth Defense Force 4.1, The Shadow of Despair for the PlayStation 4. People really seem to like them. Again, I don't know anybody who's played them, but apparently the people who have played them love them. Yeah. Uh, Yakuza 5 on the PS3. Uh, Earth Defense Force 2 Invaders from Planet Space on the Vita. Two Earth Defense Force titles coming out this week. Uh, Among the Sleep on the PS4. Battle Trivia Knockout on the PS3. Bombing Busters on the Vita, uh, which is also a PS4 cross-buy. Uh, Guns, Gore, and Cannoli on the PS4. Hopefully the Cannoli is not related to the Gore. Uh, the four... Now I want Cannoli. <laughs> uh, the Four Kings Casino and Slots on the PS4. Zotrix, Zotrix on the PS4, and Taco Master on the Vita. Wednesday. Now I want tacos. And uh, I want a, I want a taco cannoli, or maybe a cannoli taco. One of the two. <laughs> I kind of want a Vita just for the food games. <laughs> um, on uh, Wednesday, December 9th, Baseball Riot on the Xbox One. Uh, Thursday, December 10th, Fast Racing Neo on the Wii U. Lightning Returns Final Fantasy 13 is making over to the PC f- uh, for the. Uh, Five people who maybe want that, and um, um, and PewDiePie Legend of the Bro Fist already a mobile game is coming out on the PC. Nope. Yes, P- uh, PewDiePie has a game. Um, and uh, Friday, December eleventh, The Devil's Third on the Wii U, and uh, that's it for uh, for this week. Uh, pretty much uh, a preview of next week's releases on Tuesday, December fifteenth. King's Quest Episode Two is coming out on everything, um, and then that's it pretty much for the rest of the year. So, uh, so yeah, you guys looking forward to any of these particular games? Um, no. Yeah. <laughs> yep, nothing on this list has my eye. I'm just wondering what's going on with Nintendo. Like, they, they're getting a little risque with their devil games and all sorts of weird shit going on over there lately. Well, um, gotta keep, do something to keep, uh, you know, that percentage of your uh, console ownership interested, I suppose. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And also, considering this is technically the second, but uh, also early in the month, I uh, want to tell you guys about some of the um, free Xbox One and PlayStation games coming out. Uh, it's going to be available for you guys this month. So on the Xbox side of things, if you're an Xbox Live uh, Gold subscriber, from December 1st through December 15th, The Incredible Adventures of Van Helsing is going to be a free Xbox One game. And also, you can still get from uh, available since November 16th through December 15th, uh, Night Squad, which is described as a up-to-eight-player chaotic arena friendship destroyer. Uh, I'm going to need some evidence of that study, uh, Night Squad developers. Um, and then uh, starting on December 16th through January 15th, Thief, uh, you can get for free on the Xbox One. And on the Xbox 360, uh, from December 1st to December 15th, you'll be able to get Castle Storm, which I believe was previously available as an Xbox, Xbox One yeah. free game. And uh, Sacred 3 is going to be free on the Xbox 360 from December 16th through December 31st. As well as Operation Flashpoint Dragon Rising, uh, free from December 16th through December 31st, also on the Xbox 360. Um so, uh, any of those games interesting you guys? 
I know it didn't get great reviews, but I'll play Thief. You know, I'll check it out for sure. Yeah. I don't and, know um, through it, but I'll try. Yeah, and then I I touched uh, the Van Helsing game, but I'll talk a bit a little bit more about that while I'm uh, while I you know when we get into that segment. Uh, go, are you looking for any of those free Xbox games? Oh yeah, Sacred Three. Big yeah, time. Uh, I played the first one, and it was it was the the idea there is great. It's an online uh, kind of dungeon crawler. Okay, it was just so like Diablo kind of. Yeah, thing? Okay. yeah, but it's like fully online. Uh, it was just so busted on the first run. I'm hoping three or two games later they've gotten that. Shit hammered out, and for free, I wouldn't really care that much. Yeah, <laughs> fair, fair, fair. And on the PlayStation side of things, if you are a PlayStation Plus subscriber um, for the month of December, uh, your free games are as follows: on the on the PlayStation Three, Far Cry Three Blood Dragon, excellent, excellent, excellent game. Um, if you haven't played it and you own a PS Three, um, Merry Christmas. Um, on the on the Vita, you've got Freedom Wars. On the PS Four, Gauntlet Slayer Edition. Also on the PS4, King's Quest Chapter 1, A Night to Remember. Um, on the Vita, Rocket Birds Hard Boiled Chicken, whatever the heck that is. <laughs> and on the PS3, um, SSX, which is the most recent entry in that game. Not the original from way back when, but the newest SSX. But, uh, but yeah, how about, uh, how about those games? I mean, like, obviously, we've all, I'm pretty sure we've all talked about Far Cry 3 Blood Dragon. Yes, and I'll talk about it again. Buy it, play it, fucking play it, play it. Yes, agreed. Um, and then, um, oh, have you guys heard anything about the King's Quest remake? Yes. And? Uh, I need to get my hands on it to see if it's worth it, but it's a little pricey. It's like okay. 20 or 30 bucks. I think I saw that too. I think that's what drew yeah, me away. I, I was like, yeah. Nah. I would like to try it. Yeah, for an episodic, I'm like, that's a little, little high for me. Mm-hmm. But now you can get it for free and get your hands on it. Yep, indeed, indeed. And, uh, Cool. So those are your uh, free games also for December. I just hope the Gauntlet Slayer edition just plays nothing but Slayer the whole time to play. Uh, it would be wrong if it didn't. <laughs> Rain and blood on repeat. <laughs> uh, so, uh, John, uh, what have you played this last week? Um, a bunch of stuff. Again, uh, same, same kind of thing I've been doing for the last few weeks where it's like I don't play for a long period of time, but I just play a bunch of different things because I have the attention span of a bullfish lately. Um, a little bit of, um, well, a bunch of Mad Max, actually. I'm just tearing through it. I'm trying to finish it and, and get, and just now now that I'm not in a rush, because uh, Santa Goat was so kind uh, last week, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm taking my time and I've gotten back to, uh, ooh, peace candy. Um, so I'm doing that, um, trying to finish from, like, back in August, um, I started playing the uh, Gat Out of Hell expansion for Saints Row 4, and it's, it's not a very long game, but I just... Like, my mind is on Mad Max, so I haven't been going back to that. Um, I They put uh, a fully fleshed version of Shadow Jago into Killer Instinct. Um, to refresh people's memories, Killer Instinct fans, um, over the summer, they did a thing where if you bought X amount of, like, in-game currency that they have, which is a very non-thing in Killer Instinct, they donated a bunch of it to charity and then took a bunch of the money from that. And... Um, uh, um, Made it toward, uh, put it towards making a what was just a skin for another character, a fully fledged character with a full move set and the whole thing. And they did it and they put it out uh, a couple days back and uh, played it and it was awesome. It was great. So what great. character was that? Uh, was that? Well, what, what was, was the character? character? It was Jago was originally the character, and then they they made a. It was it was an alternate skin that you got for buying when the Xbox One came out. You got the if you bought the. Xbox Live Gold subscription cards that were like the little metal credit card looking. Oh, yeah. You got a redemption code for that skin for Killer Instinct. 
because the Killer Instinct was a launch title. Right. And, uh, it was just always in there as a skin, and people really, really wanted it to be turned into a fully like fleshed out character. And they, they, it wasn't in their operating budget. And they said, if you do this, you know, um, you know, then we'll we'll build it for you. And they did. And it was it's good. It's a completely different character, fully fleshed out character now with his own move set, and it's really cool. I dig it. Um, so so Jago was the character, and then what was the skin? Like what was it? What was interesting about the skin? He looked like this crazy like. Whenever they do like. Akuma versus like Ryu or like um, Devil Kazuya from Tekken, like they just make him look like demons or something. This looks more, um, he looks possessed. He looks like demonic almost in, in a way that's like almost like a ghostly way. It's really cool. He looks really neat. Um, very pale and otherworldly. Um, cool. So I played a little bit of that. Um, played uh, a small amount of um, Metal Gear. Um, Ground Zeroes, I'm still doing little collectible things in there, trying to finish that so I can get on to the full game. Uh, and then I spent some time with the Doom 4 Closed Alpha, which I can't talk about. <laughs> yeah, it, it is NDA, even though like um, it wasn't that hard to get into it. Um, once you got in, they had it open for a really limited window of time, and if you got in, then they shut it off. But I had to sign, like an e-sign, uh, an NDA for it. It's just a multiplayer beta um, that was stress testing their servers and stuff. It's one one map and one group of weapons, and that's it. You know. So, John, John, just for the benefit of myself and Goat, since the listeners can't see you, I need you to do me a favor. I just, out of a scale of one to ten, what you think of the game so far? Can you just hold up that many fingers, just so you can kind of communicate that to me and Goat? The only the only thing I'm gonna say before I hold up fingers for you guys is, is that there's. <laughs> It's literally one map with a very limited number of weapons. There's nothing in it, so you can't really judge based on it. But based on what I played, I would I would I would give it a this. Okay, John, John has held up a number, number of fingers. fingers. Yeah, which a uh, of fingers. It was wow. this is my middle finger, so yeah. that's that's a good sign. <laughs> for people at Doom. Say more than one would be preferable there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I'll I'll say this. Um, it made me happy in one way, and it made me curious in another way. That's that's all I can say. Okay. There it may there may be something good there. We'll see. Um, that's I think everything I had time to play this week. I really haven't had a chance to do much else. Goat. Uh, well, it's it's Fallout. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, I'm trying to get to other stuff, but with my limited, very limited time frame right now, with five thousand other things going on. When I do have time to game, I'm like, all right, I gotta get this done. I'm like, all right, two hours here, a little fallout. Mm -hmm. I, I don't have time to start other things, so I just continually my continuing my glacier path through this game. I've uh, I've reached double digits now today uh, before I came to the podcast. For your level, you mean? I am a, I'm a level ten. Congratulations! Woo! Yes, uh, I, I have uh, I've met the brothers of the steel, which is not a spoiler because apparently they were in the first game. Yes, that is the third game. <laughs> it, it is assumed that the Brotherhood of Steel is going to be in every fall. Yeah, well, they're yes. back. They're back. Yes. Um, and 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 apparently they're still douchebags because I really want to punch that dude in the face. <laughs> So that was my uh, crowning achievement. Now I'm doing their crony work for now. So, and uh, and you discovered that you cannot sit in your power armor. I saw. Yeah, yeah. Like what the fuck is that? I went, I went to a chair and I was like, oh, I could sit down. I have knees. I have all the appropriate joints to do this action. And it pops with a little. It was even like a, like a nope or like you know they did give it a little like bullshit message on the top. It was like you cannot do this right now. I'm like. Why the fuck not? Like, I'll crush the chair, probably, but, like, I should be able to sit and learn the hard way that I can't do this. 
So yeah, that was the the bullshit moment of fallout for me today. I'm an adult, <laughs> goddammit, I'll sit wherever I want. Well, not even that. Like, it, it has all the joints to do so. Like, I should physically be able to do that. Yeah, the, 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 I can jump in the thing. Why can't I sit? The, uh, the, the suspension of disbelief for Goat has been ruined by, uh, by his inability to sit. Cannot sit in power armor. But no, it's, it's great. I'm finally like ramping up and getting shit done. And I, I, the piece of candy, it, good God. Mad Max doesn't hold a candle to this candy. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I, I turn around. I'm like, today I was like, oh, we're going to go to this mission. I did the mission eventually after I combed the subway and wound out. I was like, I'm like, wait, they're not telling me I'm in the, you know, like the area to do my mission. I'm like, why? I looked at the map. I'm like, fuck, four or five miles away from where I'm supposed to be. I'm like, like you just wandered away, like scavenging. I thought I was on the path and I was following along. Nope, that's like the underground exit to town. Apparently, that pops you out like in the middle of fucking nowhere. And I was like, "Oh, well, we'll just fast travel back to where I'm supposed to be and continue." Still haven't really. I'm close to finishing it, but yeah, it's just it's insane. Awesome. So, Charlie, what have you done? Um, so I finished all of the single player content in uh, in Sunset Overdrive. I can I can safely say that I I have completed that game as much as I'm going to. Um, I got all the achievements except for the ones related to Chaos Squad stuff and like being you know getting certain high scores and certain challenges. Like that's yeah I don't care about those. Um, but all the other anything anything story related uh, uh, single player wise uh, I've completed. Uh, once again, if you're hearing this, Ryan, thank you very much for your gift of the season pass. It was uh, delayed, but uh, but once I finally now that I finally got around to it, very much appreciated. Thank you. Um, the uh, and again, I just can't recommend. I can't. I cannot express how highly I recommend this game and even the DLC. The DLC is totally worth it. Um, what well, you're done with it, I can probably start playing it so I don't beat the listeners to death. There you go. Uh, yeah, completely worth it. Um, and then so I went back and I mentioned this before. I think um, when I started playing it uh, a while ago, and then just looking through my library, I realized I hadn't finished it, and it's so stupid short. I had no reason for not, no excuse for not finishing it. But I, I finished Numa. Um, did you guys finish Numa? I didn't. I'm like halfway through it, but it's one of those things of. Yeah, I got a lot of things going on. Okay, it's it's. I've seen the end though. Like okay, John, have you seen the end? No. Okay. Um, next week I want to talk about the ending of this game. At the very least, even if you just have to have to YouTube it. How long um, did you finish it? Ah, I mean, just a few hours. I mean, it's very short. There's there's only six chapters, um, and then there's an epilogue after the sixth chapter. Yeah, and average playtime I've heard is two hours. Yeah, like two three hours, something like that. Super super short. I mean, so. I want to have a conversation about the ending of this game uh, next week. So if you guys can can sure. either play or watch the ending. Um, but uh, briefly for now, what I'll say is that um, I'm happy I played it. I'm happy. I mean, obviously, I'm happy I got it for free because it was a free Xbox Live, uh, you know, Xbox One game a couple months ago. Um, You're happy with the gamer score? Uh, I am happy with the ridiculous amount of gamer score that this thing just shovels on top of you. Um, but I am off put by the ending. And which is not to say I'm disappointed by it. Uh, it's it's not to say that I'm like I'm uh, saying that I'm insulted is too strong of a word. But it's yeah, 
Yeah, so so I'll leave it at that, and we'll we'll talk about this a little more in depth. Um, if if, any, if anybody picked, if any of you listeners pick this up, if you can find the time so that you can, you know, because we'll have this as a spoil. This will be a spoiler full discussion. Uh, again, we're talking about a, a you know a very low <laughs> impact, low puzzle game. yeah, a very <laughs> short play, very low impact, like you know, you know, whatever, like a little thing. But the, this game is trying to make a like some sort of like like art statement or something and I, I want to talk about it so if anybody can if any listeners are able to get through this game before the next episode um do so because i would like you to follow along with our discussion and um if you have played the end um i'm just going to throw this out there now please right now let me know what you thought about the ending because i want to include your responses when we talk about this game next week because it, it was tr- it's it's yeah yeah I was, i'll leave the rest of it for next week but um <laughs> And then, uh, like I mentioned before, when I was going through the, the, the free Xbox Live game with Gold Game, I played that Van Helsing game that came out uh, for a grand total of, I think, about seven minutes before I shut it off. Um, because it's that bad? It's buggy. It's uh, not interesting. It's, um, yeah, it's... Um, Did you ask for a it's, <laughs> Well, that would be silly. Um, but... Uh, it just is it mainly it's not my cup of tea i mean like it's it's very much like a diablo clone kind of a game um you know three-quarter view down like you know and just it's, it's just not my thing but what's that um yes i think um you do there's like a companion that you have in the game the way that the screen is laid out in the interface i don't get the impression that you could have at least couch multiplayer controlling additional characters there might be online multiplayer but i wouldn't know because i didn't spend enough time in there um but um i'll take through it so they i'd probably get into more yeah well the other side of it is that there are microtransactions and um so like there's when you're picking your class you only have access to the one i think hunter class and then there's like two other classes that you have to buy to be able to play as so 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 John's out on microtransactions. You're out on gameplay. All right, listeners, I'll take the bullet. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, but it just did nothing for me. Um, just was not interesting to me at all. Um, yeah, but that's it. That's what I played this week. And now that you know what the three of us did this last week in video gaming, let's see what the industry did this last week in video gaming. Starting things off at number five this week. Target's best-selling Black Friday item was the Wii U. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I made that same noise too, but I did it with my ass. You <laughs> did it? It's I did. Well, now here's an interesting little victory. Nintendo's home console, the Wii U, is still winding down to the end of its life, with reports that its successor will head into mass production coming up soon. And what winds up being a number one selling item at Target? The Wii U. What a fucking surprise! Target must have had a really solid deal for the console because it's Black Friday report. The retailer claims it was the best-selling item of the day for the entire day at the store. I mean, this was versus everything. Um, They were quoted as saying, Gaming consoles were popular in stores and online, including Nintendo's Wii U, which was the top-selling item on Target.com. Uh, doesn't get more blunt than that. Still, Nintendo had a pretty strong showing this holiday season with with hits like Xenoblade Chronicles X, uh, which I really want. Um, and Super Mario Maker, both of which will, uh, without question, help to move uh, more than a few consoles at, uh, at a bargain price. Those two games, plus the promise of Star Fox Zero and a little franchise called The Legend of Zelda, are hoping to take Nintendo's console out on a high note when it goes. Um, that's pretty surprising, man. It would be it would be odd and almost kind of shocking if uh, if the Wii U starts selling like hotcakes right before they're about ready to abandon it. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely did not see this coming. This really? is um, no. yeah. 
Remember the only one who saw this coming? Apparently. They had the Splatoon, and uh, it was Splatoon and another game bundled for two fifty. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and given parents, my kid wants a, wants the video game system. I'm not spending four or five hundred dollars, two fifty here. You know, the funny okay. thing is, is everybody talks about the Wii U like, man, like I can't believe Nintendo's looking at making a new console. This one's only been out for you know, a short period of time. It's had such a short lifespan. This console's already five years old. They're coming up on five years old. It's you know, really? next wow. year will be its fifth year. You know. Wow. Yeah. Um, the See difference between a console being old and a console just not having anything put out for it during the course of the year are two very different things. Yes. Um, but I mean, it really, the, the Wii U started out just tragic in its, in its presentation and has slowly built up a really good rapport with gamers. People like the system. People like the games they buy for it. They just don't buy much for it because not much comes out for it. I and want one. I would really love to have one. And that's why I would say that, that this is surprising to me, Goat, is because, yes, it was a good deal, but I just sort of figured that everybody who wanted the Wii U already had one. <laughs> so that, that's why I'm surprised. I didn't, yeah. know there, I didn't know there were that many Wii, custom, Wii U customers, potential Wii, Wii U customers left. But you got to remember, we're also early in the council cycle, and not every parent runs out and gets their kid a system. We still got another year or year two before every kid in America has a, a system. Oh, I... I didn't say every. I just meant that many for, for yeah, it to yeah. be the top selling. Well, well let's start. Think dude. about it. Yeah. It, it, it was the best deal of the day because I think Best Buy had it at two. Everybody else had it at two seventy nine, mm. and for some reason Target had two had a two forty nine. That's mm. a good deal, man. Yeah, it was, it was definitely a good deal. I just uh, like I said, yeah. I'm just I'm just surprised. But we'll uh, have a bit more uh, Nintendo news coming up here later on. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and move on to number four for the week. Um, God of War director describes gaming development as soul crushing. <laughs> um, <laughs> We've heard this before. Yeah, yeah, it's true. It's, it's starting to it's starting to sound like a broken record in that industry. Um, while uh, while there is evidence that the new God of War title is in development, nothing for that was shown this week at uh, at uh, PlayStation uh, Experience, but um, Corey Barlog, who uh, who previously worked on God of War two, did pop up during a storytelling panel and uh, he likened the game develop he likened the game development process to hurting kittens. <laughs> he was quoted as saying I read a quote from Sid Meier the other day. Somebody put it on my wall that said, playing games is a series of interesting decisions and making games is a series of heartbreaking compromises, which I thought was fantastic because it's so true. He said, it's a wonderful, wonderful thing to make games, but it's also soul crushing to do it. Um, Barlog evidently was talking about the difficult decisions that developers have to make, such as cutting entire segments that talented people have spent months making. Um, you know, he, he was uh, further quoted as saying, you work on these things for so many years that you lose sight of what you're doing so often, and you have so many people who are so good at what they're, they're doing and wanting to take each piece and make it better. Sometimes it's like trying to hurt kittens, trying to figure out what piece is going to fit where. Uh, it's a nice quote because it's a reminder that while we all sit behind our computers waiting to complain about the games that come out, there are people out there who actually make sacrifices to ensure that their games are as good as possible before hitting the shelves. Um, you know, um, uh, there was a there was a speech that was given by somebody at um, the uh, the Game Awards. Um, you know, this week uh, that won Greg Miller. Um, he, he he made a whole speech about game developers and how they should be appreciated a little bit more. And uh, I'm not a big fan of his, but I did appreciate the speech. You know, it was, his heart was in the right place because he basically spent all of his time thanking game developers for making gaming possible for him to win awards with. You know, it was kind of a humble thing to do. 
Um, so it's kind of kind of interesting, you know. Uh, you don't really hear developers come out and talk much about what they think about the development process, but it would seem that he's not very fond of the entire thing. Interesting. Um, yeah, unfortunately, it, I wouldn't say it's that surprising considering we've heard many similar stories like that in the past. But uh, the way that the way that the, the way that these guys, I guess, were putting it is, um, well, it really puts the point on the matter, I guess. Mm-hmm. Go thoughts. No. <laughs> <laughs> He's just like, I agree, soul-crushing. Kittens, yes, moving on. And as someone who's tried to herd kittens, um, like literally tried to herd kittens, um, I understand what they're saying. <laughs> I don't believe that you would ever try to herd kittens, ever, ever. Herd, not hurt. Herd, like... Herd kittens? H, like, like, like herding sheep, herding kittens. Well, not that I believe. You are yeah. definitely uh, the Dr. Doolittle of kittens. He's showing him in his car, bringing him home. Everybody needs 45 kittens. It's Everybody. True. Everybody does need 45 kittens. That's true. That's a lot of poop. So, um, yes, speaking of, uh, of the Nintendo NX, uh, number three this week is, uh, is a story about that very thing. Nintendo NX is rumored to enter mass production in quarter two, 2016. That's quick. That is soon, especially for any of those poor bastards that just bought a <laughs> Wii U from Target. Uh, <laughs> Nintendo's been resoundingly clear that they won't share any information about the NX until 2016. However, that hasn't prevented rumors from swirling. Um, this, this article was originally published by Nintendo Insider, and they said that they've had rumblings of a summer 2016 launch and that AMD are manufacturing the processor for the, quote, dedicated game platform, and that software development kits have entered distribution. Uh, now Digit Times reports that the console is scheduled to enter mass production in quarter two 2016. Nintendo is apparently targeting to ship 20 million units in 2016 alone, but the component suppliers are expecting shipments to only reach around 10 to 12 uh, million units total. Foxconn Electronics, those poor people, has apparently been chosen to manufacture the console with other component suppliers to include Macronics, Pixart Imaging, Coxon Precise Industrial, Nishoku Technology, Delta Technology, Lingsin Precision Industries, and Gentech, all of which sound like uh, mega corporation supervillains from anime. Um, That's true. Yeah, this is soon, man. I mean, like we were just talking about, five years is... It's not it's not a short period of time for a console. Um, people who bought that console, I'm sure, got their money's worth out of it. But um, mass production for Q2 2016 implies that uh, that we're going to hear probably an official release date at E3 over the summer, which means they're probably going to put it out in November. You know, for a holiday release 2016. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would say so. Charlie, as the only Wii U owner between the three of us currently, um, <clears throat> will you be purchasing an NX uh, when it comes out next year? I need to know more. I mean, I need to know about games. I need to know about features. I need to know a lot more. I mean, if I had to, if I absolutely had to make, like, price, I mean, just everything. I need to know way more. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely open to the idea. I mean, like, I've I got my Wii U I'm on or pretty close to launch, if I remember correctly, and I've... I, I feel I've enjoyed it as much as I expect to enjoy any Nintendo console. Sure. I mean, you know, that, that disclaimer is a big part of the formula there. So three times a year. Uh, yeah, but, but, but those three times are all joyous. <laughs> but I feel like if you buy a Nintendo console in the last decade, you know what you're getting into. Yeah, exactly. If you know you're buying a system, you're probably only going to play once every two or three months. 
Yes. yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, I expect people probably. But I feel like I feel like with what little we know about the NX so far, it feels like they're trying to buck that trend. Like they, this is the one where they want to not do that anymore, and they just want to make it the, the console that you're playing by yeah, trying all the to tie it into mobile gaming. We'll see. Yeah, all the better if they do. I um yeah, but uh, you know, just need way more. I mean, if if I had to decide, I would say yes because I mean, like I'm sure that there's going to be phenomenal Nintendo first party games on it, and I want to be able to play those games. Um, but I mean, you know, be able to, so if I had to decide, I would say yes. But of course, I need to know more. Yeah, yeah. go. Do you have any interest in this thing? Uh, I would have to say yes. I will buy a Wii U next year when the NX comes out. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm certain that I will too. Actually, yeah. Mm, I think a lot of people will. It'll be uh, it'll be seventy nine ninety nine with two games at Target next year. Well, they still be the number one dog. Tons of people bought the original Wii after the Wii U came out, right? Uh, because it's still selling them, right? And people still didn't know what the fuck a Wii U was. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, they, they bought the Wii thinking that a Wii U was an add-on for the Wii, and so they needed to have that. That's, those fools. I will no, stand by those statements. They missed an opportunity to call it the Wii Wii. A part of me said, a part of me wants to say that would never happen, but I also would have said that about them calling it the Wii in the first place. I I, look, I remember the shitstorm fallout that came from the announcement of that. I mean, mean, they showed the controller off, and they called it like the Nintendo Wii. Everyone was like, "What the fuck?" They've lost it. They finally lost it. (laughs) I was very angry at Nintendo for a long time. My my. My joining this show when I did happens to coincide with a uh, a regrowth of my love for Nintendo because I was very upset with them for a long time because I was just you know what it was I don't really have to say much about it my general my general wrap up of Nintendo for a, a good while during the course of the Wii's life cycle with the exception of their first party titles which were always fantastic and charming was generally that's stupid. <laughs> Like, that was it. Like, Nintendo, that's stupid. <laughs> you know? But I don't um, feel that way anymore. I, I'm sorry. All I heard from that was when you joined the show, something about your Wii growing. That's all I heard. <laughs> We're adults, Charlie. <laughs> I'm not sure what man. that has to do We're with anything. professional show here, goddammit. Uh, uh, really? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Wait, we're running a professional show that is hinged on a dick train. Got it. <laughs> That dick train runs on coal and sadness and, and fart jokes. So technically missing. Um, moving the fuck on. How did we um, if I had a dollar for every time I thought about that on this show, like, how did we get here? What, what the fuck is happening? Who's driving this thing? Um, moving on to number two for the week. Um, this is pretty fucking cool. HoloLens can stream Xbox One games on the wall, the ceiling, or, well, anywhere. Sure. It's pretty cool being able to play Xbox One games on my PC, but why should it be limited to that? I should be able to play it anywhere, on a wall, a ceiling, back of a person already using the TV. (laughs) 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 While the first versions of Microsoft's HoloLens aren't intended for public consumption, it looks like that functionality is already in place. Uh, In a video posted by Microsoft Project Manager Varun Mani, we get a look at Halo 5 Guardians running on an Xbox One streamed to the HoloLens. Mani starts on a screen, then turns his head and begins to play it on the wall next to him. Just like with virtual reality, augmented reality is filled with endless possibilities, of which this is just one. Um, There is a... um, 
Um, there is a video that uh, that supplements this story. It'll it'll be in the link for the original story. This was originally published by Techno Buffalo, and uh, you know, go to uh, GamerHeadRadio.com and you'll find the link for this story at number two, and you can find the video there. Um, you know, and you can kind of watch how it functions. You know, they use their old patented, you know. Uh, um, hollow lens vision in the the video where you know you're seeing from the perspective of the person wearing the unit and uh, it's it's pretty fucking neat man I mean it just you turn your head and the fucking screen goes where you go and uh, you just play it play it really anywhere don't even need a wall it just kind of takes the screen with you pretty neat yep I mean um, you know for those who've been following the hollow lens and what it is and what it can do I mean this is the I mean this is to, to me, this is expected because, I mean, oh, yeah. like, you know, the, the HoloLens, you know, for those that aren't familiar, is it's a full Windows PC in this running in this headset. Like, it's full Windows 10 running in this thing that's sitting on your head. And so anything that, you know, a Windows 10 computer can do, this thing should be able to do as well. It's just they have to figure out the interface differences because it's when you figure out how to not put a battery the size of viewing in it. Well, it, that's the thing. You're, you're, you're tethered to the wall. It's, yes, it's all in there, but you're, you're still plugged into the wall. Yeah. yeah. So, um, oh, awesome. 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 uh, an inverter, you can always run it off an inverter. Yeah, I'm sure CTA would love that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, maybe not the driver. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I'm playing the Xbox on the road in front of me. <laughs> <laughs> no, just overlay, <laughs> just right the like need for speed. Yeah, yeah, just overlay need for speed in front of you, just on the windshield. Oh, and you get very confused very quickly. <laughs> not really. We've been in Chicago traffic. It wouldn't really be much different. Nah, that's it's just not safe. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, um, uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, you know, the, um, you know, the, with the ability that it's shown off of being able to project, you know, windows, like, programs or whatever on the wall, the fact that, you know, just doing the same thing with the, with the remote, uh, you know, just with that, uh, remote play functionality is, you know, it's, uh, it's obvious to me. The thing that I want them to talk about, the thing that I need out of this entire remote play, you know, ecosystem more than anything else is to come up and figure out with the ability of uh, so that somebody who's somebody can be using the Xbox One to watch live TV like on the pass through and then for me to be able to use that same Xbox One and play a game somewhere else. Because every single time that I have wanted to play a game remotely, it's been because like Michelle is watching like a football game or something like that. And I would say like, oh I could be playing this game right now. Oh wait, but I can't because the TV that she's watching is running through the Xbox One that I would need. It's like they, they sold and they pushed so hard for the TV to go through the Xbox One that, you know, it's that, you know, I, I have very seriously considered taking that out, like just running the TV directly and have the Xbox One just be a standalone thing. So that way, when she's watching football, I can, you know, use the Xbox One remotely and, and do all that. But then I lose all of that, all of the stuff that I enjoy about having the TV run through the Xbox One. So. I don't know. I mean, even even without the connect, even without the connect, you know, just the one guide and just like the way that all that integrates. I mean, it's really nice. I just goat over here is shaking his head. What what what's wrong, goat? Charlie, just buy a second Xbox. It's the entire reason they did it. <laughs> there are very many two Xboxes. <sighs> and if you have children, each one needs an Xbox. Keep <sighs> buying them. It's called consumerism, capitalism, uh, making money. What do you think, Bill Gates? Is, gets his forty-eight billion. Bill Gates is not involved in Microsoft, Microsoft anymore. <laughs> He still gets a check from it. He has to. Uh, he's, he's, he, I think he might be like the chairman like the of the overlord or something. It's like the chairman of the board, maybe. There's got to be royalty checks going his way because everything has his name on it. Is maybe. Yeah, I'm not sure if that's the case. But regardless, that's what I want out of them. That's that. I would very much like that to happen. Look, uh, let's be clear. This thing is not going to be publicly available for a long time. But right. this, this tech 
is the next thing. Not just virtual reality. I mean, because I know we, we talk about virtual reality, but augmented reality is going to be that next thing like like the iPod and then the iPhone was where it just blew the doors off of the way people used things. This will be that next thing. Whether it's Microsoft who nails down the tech fast enough and makes it publicly available first, it remains to be seen, but this is that next thing. It's just going to be a while before we have it in our hands to use how we want and when we want like we do with the technology we're using now. Right. Hopefully sooner rather than later, man. Nobody wants to wait for this kind of awesome shit. Agreed. Everybody wants to be the lawnmower man, right? Um, um, uh, yes. And, I, oh, yes. and I'm not yes. saying that because I'm Puerto Rican. <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean the actual lawnmower man, the landscaper. All right, that's my dad joke for the night. <laughs> All right, moving on Jesus. to number one for the week. Very disappointing. Very disappointing number one for the week. <sighs> Konami blocked Hideo Kojima from attending the Game Awards. Although, surprise, raise your hand. Let the record say no hands are in the air. Konami? We can't. You guys are a bunch of fuck faces. <laughs> <laughs> but not all of you. Not the ones working hard to make good games. The people making the people who make good games feel like crap all the time. Metal Gear Solid creator Hideo Kojima was contractually unable to attend the Game Awards due to his employment contract with publisher Konami. Host Jeff Keighley acknowledged the legal battle between Kojima and Konami after the Phantom Pain won Best Action Adventure Game, an award that had to be accepted by voice actor Kiefer Sutherland. Um, as you, you noticed, today Kojima is not here with us tonight, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about that, Keighley lamented. Mr. Kojima had every intention of being with us tonight, but unfortunately he was informed by a lawyer representing Konami just recently that he would not be allowed to travel to tonight's awards ceremony to accept any awards. The crowd rightfully fucking booed. He's under an employment contract, and it's disappointing, and it's inconceivable to me that an artist like Hideo would not be allowed to come here and celebrate with his peers and his fellow teammates, Keeley added. But that's the situation we're in. Hideo is in Tokyo right now watching the show, and we wanted you to know that, Hideo, that we're thinking of you, and we miss you. We hope to see you at the Game Awards 2016. It's worth noting that Keeley has collaborated with Kojima before on panels. He interviewed the eccentric director about the Phantom Pain before it was announced as a Metal Gear Solid game, back when Kojima pretended to be a different person with a proxy whose face was covered in bandages. As such, there is a slight chance that this is all part of a gag, like that year Joaquin Phoenix went crazy and it turned out to be for a film. But given the public spat between Konami and Kojima, it seems like that Keeley's excuse for Kojima is on the level. This was arguably my favorite part of the Video Game Awards because there was an honesty and a sincerity to this portion of the show that you don't typically see at industry-laden panels and things. Jeff Keighley was genuinely bothered. Um, He was very sincere, and they did a... um, a live version of uh, of a song that appears in the game, uh, some kind of an important song to some of the fans, as a tribute to him, as a surprise to him, since he couldn't be there and he was at home watching. So that was one of the biggest wins in video games I could recall in, in as many months here. Yeah. yeah. I just don't, I don't understand. Not only is Konami not fooling anybody, you cannot wipe away this man's legacy in the world of gaming. And, and I mean, your your pockets are lined at this point, lined by what he did with Metal Gear, how could you do this to the guy who who created this stuff and and put money in your your pockets? You know. Yeah. You know, John, you've said this before, and I think it's worth repeating that I just I I cannot wait like several years down the road when we finally get to find out you know when the when the full story and the full like you know timeline of what happened here finally comes out so we can know what the hell happened. 
I feel like there's a documentary somewhere in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's just whoever it is that thinks to to engage that documentary. But I, I feel bad for the guy. And we've heard hide nor hair. What I want is for him to be vindicated, and I want him to announce some sort of soul-crushing Konami like butt fisting awesome fucking game that just makes them feel miserable for for treating him terribly and letting them out of their grasp. That's what I want. I want him to make the Konami killer. You know, so much for being on vacation, vacation, huh? Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm. That's like everything they say is insulting and and your sauce is weak, Konami. It needs zest. Um. So yeah, yeah. That's uh, speaking of the video game awards. Um. You know we're we're gonna we're gonna be talking about that coming up here. Um, we had a big week for gaming and uh, between the video games award video game awards 2015 and uh, PlayStation Experience 2015 in the last couple of days there has been a glut of awesome shit to talk about coming up. So uh, so we're gonna go ahead and move on to the feature and talk about that today. All right, so like John mentioned before the break, uh, this last week was a veritable fountain of news and release trailers and teaser trailers and things that uh, just all over the place. Between the the Game Awards, which not the Video Game Awards for some reason, it's just the Game Awards, uh, 2015, um, and uh, and then the Sony PlayStation Experience. Is that am I saying that right? The uh, yeah. the PlayStation Experience, which has has been stylized as PSX. Ah. Um, you know, for the last couple of years running. Gotcha, to, gotcha. to clarify, the reason that they don't call it the Video Game Awards is because that's what the VGAs were, and it's a completely different thing, and they're trying to separate themselves from the dude bro Mountain Dew-fueled testosterone douchiness of the VGAs. Ah. Trying to be and, a little more respectable. And rightfully so. And, um, you know, I was, uh, I was not able to watch the awards, but um, it seems like from the clips that I've seen, it seems like they've been a pretty good show. They put on, um, you know, I, I try to make time for this stuff often. I love keynotes and trade shows for video games. I, yeah. I don't care what it is. I'll just watch all of it. Um, I, 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 if you guys recall, over the summer for E3, I locked myself in the house and turned into like a, a hermity, like hoarding, beer swilling, like slob for three days during E3. Um, so I love this kind of stuff, and it was a much better show. Um, for, for the game awards than they put on last year, they they seemed like they took the feedback and uh, used it well. Um, the the overall presentation and production values were much better. the The overall production was more smooth in its execution, whereas last year they had a bunch of problems with audio and um, kind of some camera work and stuff like that. This year it was super smooth. The stage looked a lot more grown up and a lot less. Kitty, silly, like you know, dude broish. Um, right. And it wasn't that dude broish last year, but it was still a step in the right direction this year. Um, their award looked nice. I mean, they they seem like they put a shitload of work into this. Jeff Keeley is the one that spearheads this, um, and uh, he seems like he really gives a shit about the quality of this production. And it's a substantially better show for everybody involved than uh, the VGAs ever were. Um, cool. With the exception of one instance, they had one hiccup where um, they were supposed to give an award to, to a particular person near the end of the show that won, and they accidentally called somebody that had already won for something completely different and totally accidentally snubbed the people who actually won. And the person who won earlier 
was sweet enough to come back up and basically give the exact same speech again. It was really fucking weird. <laughs> and you could tell she was really uncomfortable, but she was a trooper. Um, like they gave out the same like award for the same thing twice? No, they gave... They gave... Yeah, essentially, but they did the nominees, showed the videos for who this category was, and then when they when they called the name of the winner... They called somebody that already had won that wasn't even one of the nominees, and she was super awkward about it. And it was a shame, too, because her, her victory and the company she represented's victory was uh, really, really kind of cool earlier in the, the production because it wasn't, it wasn't expected. Their victory wasn't expected. Um, but it was, uh, it was a good show overall. I really enjoyed it, and uh, the reveals were interesting enough and better than last year's exclusive reveals. Yeah, a lot of um. So, so first, let's talk about the the winners of the game awards. Um, mm-hmm. So I've got I've got the list in front of me. So just starting right at the top, uh, game of the year. I won't go through every single one of these, but just uh, you know, touching on some of the highlights. So game of the year, the nominees were Bloodborne, Fallout Four, Metal Metal Gear Solid Five: The Phantom Pain, Super Mario Maker, and The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. And the winner was The Witcher Three: Wild Hunt. What do you guys think about that? I don't have enough time with Witcher to opine. Um, everything I know of Andrew has seen it, of it. It seems like it was not deserving of its win. Um, well, go, you've played both, right? Yeah. Yeah. What do you think about Witcher beating out like Fallout 4 and Metal Gear Solid 5? Yeah. It's been out since May. I don't even agree that Fallout 4 should be on the list this year. Well, it came out this year, so it, it, that's it why it's on the list. Three weeks before the awards. I'm going to get the game of the year in three weeks. Because it came out this year. But putting yeah. that aside. <laughs> yeah, really. Uh, like, I don't know. I've never agreed with that whole, like, oh, my game came out Tuesday. The awards were on Wednesday. It okay. came out this year. Well, but, yeah. Putting I mean, that aside. I expected him to win. I expected him to win. You can't have enough game. Even then, you can't have enough game time to even... The game of the year award, you need you need hours and hours of gameplay, and, and with your Fallout, it's I mean it's awesome, whatever. I was, I was a little bit through the Nintendo though with Super Mario Maker. A little bit. Yeah, Super, Super Mario, Mario Maker was an odd nomination for me. It was, but I was for game of the year. Yeah, why? Makes complete sense. You can make the game you want. Uh, I told your game of the year edition. I told my brother that Metal Gear Solid 5 lost to The Witcher, and he had like a little like meltdown aneurysm on the phone. He was like, no, 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 no. He went on a fucking rant. Well, half of his life, a year, has been in my mother's face. What do you think of this, Charlie? Um, well, I haven't played either, so um, I uh, I don't really get to have an opinion. But um, it, uh, you know... All the nominations, I mean, though. Not, yeah. what, not one with any knowledge or information behind it. You've got an internet login. you got enough for that. <laughs> Do you think anything um, was missing from that list? What's that? Do you think anything was missing from that list? Anybody that, that should have been on there? Any game that should have been on there that didn't make it to the, to the list issue? Um, not that I can really think of, no. The, um... Because, I mean, just, only because it's fresh in my mind, but it's not that I came out last year. So, mm-hmm. I mean, like, that, that's, the, that, that's the only game I can think of that's... Should the, I don't remember if it was nominated last year or not, but it should have been if it wasn't. Yeah. Um, yeah. As far as games that came out this year, no, I can't really think of anything. Um, developer of the year, though, that was that was also CD Projekt Red. I mean, Witcher, they they took home some some trophies this year, man. Like they did pretty well. 
So yeah, with developer of the year, now you might recognize these uh, the, the, these developers if you were paying attention to the game of the year nominees because they, the nominees were Bethesda, CD Projekt Red, From Software, who did Bloodborne, uh, Kojima Productions, and Nintendo. It's it's all the developers of all the games of the year, and isn't it almost always that the developer of the year goes to whoever wins the game of the year? That would make sense if you yeah, win the game of the year. You're automatically the developer of the year. One would think. Any developers you think didn't uh, make the cut that should have been on there? Um, no. I mean, like, I, I, I wish, I wish that there was an indie developer just in the mix, just on principle. Mm-hmm. But um, no, but I, I can't really think of anything that uh, that came out this year that 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 stood out from the pack enough, really, to uh, to make mention. I mean, like, yeah, I think Telltale, Telltale made some great games this year. Um, yeah, so I would have been the developer of the year. Yeah, they had a lot of entries in the Power Telltale month. Yeah. The um, I mean, I feel like you know, like like looking back on like the full experience, I feel like. Um, Tales from Borderlands was just as strong of a game as the initial first season of Walking Dead was. So, um, uh, and I I'm, and I stand by it. Um, you know, it it, may, it didn't have the emotional impact as as Walking Dead, but it's different games. It's different. You know, it's different genres. Yeah. and and we're also we're deep into the Telltale like machine now, so right. you're not going to get that like wow factor anymore. Right. Yeah. For sure. Um, but speaking of independent games, so best independent game went to Rocket League um, up against Undertale, Oriental Blind Forest, Her Story, and Axiom Verge. Um, oh, that's a decent list for. Yeah, um, real stiff competition on there. Yeah, it's, it's like, like I, I understand that Rocket League is a big thing, and a lot of people love that. Um, it was announced that Rocket League is coming out <laughs> to. Well, yeah, okay, okay, so you guys expected this, did you? Um, yeah, yeah, so I mean, it's like Rocket League is, 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 I know it's a big deal, I know a lot of people love it, I know a lot of people play it, and um, it was announced, I believe, that it's coming out to Xbox, to Xbox One, it uh, was one of the uh, announcement trailers that they had in the course of the show, um, so you more people are going to get to enjoy it. However, um, it, to me, it's, it's surprising to me, like, it's more of a success than, for example, Ori and the Blind Forest, because like so many people play it. It's got more, I'm sure it has a much larger player base, but I have, somebody would have a very hard time convincing me how it's a better game than Ori and the Blind Forest. Because yeah. as far as, as I understand it, it literally has zero narrative. It's just all, it's just a, a multiplayer arena game, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So it's, you know, it's, I don't know. You're not going to like the answer. about this is that, Everything else on the list that it's going up against is widely regarded as having amazing narratives. Not just Ori. Her story um, is is like a real like I, I challenge you guys to look up her story. It's a PC game. Mm-hmm. I hope they find a way to bring it to consoles because the concept is outstanding and it's a really neat idea. It's got this crazy replay value. Um, I mean, Axiom Verge and Undertale has been like the sleeper surprise hit of the PC world. It's got like everyone's madly in love with it. So, you know, it, I'm surprised that Rocket League won this. I'm not unhappy for those guys, but I'm surprised. I will agree with that statement. Uh, happy for them, but I'm I'm a bit surprised. Yeah. Um, now, do we just briefly? Is this how are how are the winners decided? Is it is it like a committee that votes kind of a thing? Um, actually, I don't know. That's a good question. This is probably the Grammys. Yeah, yeah, like you have, have to be on the board, or you have to yeah. be on the. I'd like to know who those people are. <laughs> yeah, that's that. That's the thing that makes me wonder because I mean, like, if it's like you know, if if there's any uh, like voting, like as far as like just like you know, if, whoever does the voting, if it's easy to get into ish, you know, then I know so many people are playing Rocket League compared to the others that that could have been a factor. 
Um, well, then their sales are a factor than Rocket League wins anyways. Well, yeah. but they, I don't think they should be a factor, but yes, that's true. Go, you were saying that I wasn't going to like the yeah, answer. Why you, why. That's why, because it's money. Why wouldn't that be a factor? It's a successful game if it sells yeah. millions of copies. Uh, well, it's... But the award is for best game, not most profitable game. I don't but think that's Call, a factor. Call of Duty makes a heck of a lot more money than games that are better than it. Yeah, and yeah. it wins game of the year almost every year. I, I don't think a Call of Duty okay. has won game of the year in a while, actually. So the only information I could find on who who does the um, the voting for this stuff, I did a little live googling, and. Um, According to the way that the, the Game Awards website is broken down, um, there are two sections. There's a jury-voted section, which okay. is the vast majority of everything that's primary. A fan's choice section, which uh, goes to eSports Game of the Year, Best Fan Creation, Trending Gamer, eSports Team of the Year, eSports Player of the Year, and Most Anticipated Game. So in that category, uh, aside from Most Anticipated Game and Best Fan Creation, the majority of it is like <laughs> the kind of shit that... like. I guess you would want fans to vote on. But the rest of it, it says jury voted. But it does not specify who that jury is or what the contingencies that put them in place are. So, hmm. Well, I mean, it should be a jury of your peers. They're doing the legal thing. Well, yeah, yeah. Sure. It does say that esports nominees were voted on by an advisory panel consisting of esports media and sites. Interesting. Interesting. They're like, put the rabble in one room and just let them fist fight until they. <laughs> um, my only takeaway now is that I'm going to try and see if we can get on this board. If we, if we can get on this jury. That would be awesome. Uh, that would be, be fantastic. Um, best mobile handheld game went up to went to uh, Lara Croft Go up against Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, Pac Man 256, um, Fallout Shelter, and Downwell. Which uh, I think is awesome because I, I enjoyed the crap out of Lara Croft Go. I that was a deserved win. Um, best narrative went to her story. Uh, we were just talking about that. Uh, mm -hmm. It was up against Life is Strange, which I'm surprised I got nominated. Um, uh, Tales of the Borderlands, I'm not surprised I got nominated. Uh, Witcher 3 and Until Dawn. Um, Life is Strange is doing really well, actually. I just, I, I feel like that's been, that's been like, like, like it's like a sleeper hit. Like John was saying before about yeah. uh, her story. It's like, I, I, it seems to be doing so well, even though I don't really know anybody no, that's playing it's, it. It's, it's a hit in its faction, and you're nowhere near its faction. What's its faction? It's the JRPGers and the, 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 those but, guys. But it's but it's not a JRPG. It's, no, but it's, I'm saying, but it's it's a hit in that the, the Jeff Animation yeah. world. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Like, like I'm pretty sure Dan Lockie's probably played it, kind of thing. Dan no, Lockie, let us know if that's true or not. And if so, what do you think of it? Uh, best art direction went. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to cut you off, No, go ahead. Look at the games in that list and look at Witcher there. Do you feel like anything? I mean, best narrative is such a like. That's such an important section, and I feel like there are so many like decent narrative games that came out this year. I'm I'm shocked that Metal Gear is not in that list. Best narrative. Um. Here's my here's why I'm not shocked on the case of Metal Gear. It is a very it, it's a good narrative if you've been keeping up with the lore. If you go into Metal Gear Solid Five blind, you are confused as shit. And then, then, then shouldn't you know two other games of deep lore with The Witcher exclude people in the same way? 
Well, I don't. I see. I don't know if how much you need to know about Witcher lore. You know. So that's the thing. Like, if if even even if it's a sequel, if if the story is told told well enough that newbies understand and they they don't have questions and they understand enough what's going on, then it's, then I think it's still a good narrative. Witcher, Witcher yeah. three, Witcher, the Witcher series works a lot like the Final Fantasy series. They're all the same idea, and if you do need to know backstory, it will fill you in mm. in part of the new story. Gotcha. Yeah. Um. You know. You know. And um. And uh, yeah, so, um, but the fact that the one best narrative and uh, John with your recommendations, I have, so have you played her story or are you, are you just aware of it? I've, I've watched uh, some stuff for it because I've debated on purchasing it during Steam sales a couple of times, but it's such an oddly unconventional game, I wasn't really sure. One of those rare instances where I was looking at something as a gamer and went, I don't know what this is, so I don't know if I want to invest in it because it seems so... Um, I don't know if I'm going to get my money's worth out of it, but the more I've read and seen, I went and watched a, a very small amount of uh, like Let's Play stuff on it, and then went, you know what? This is this is pretty unique. I don't want to watch anymore because it's the game largely centers around videos. Um, okay. So I didn't want to spoil anything for it, you know. And next time it's on sale, I plan to pick it up. Okay. Um, yeah, but another game that I w- that I think should have been up for a nomination for um, best narrative, but did win best art direction, Ori in the Blind Forest. Uh, not surprised at all there. Beautiful, beautiful game. Mm-hmm. I was up against Batman Arkham Knight, uh, Bloodborne, Metal Gear Solid Five, and Witcher 3. God damn, that's yeah. some stiff competition for Ori. I'm, I'm yeah. glad for them. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. Beating out those games, yeah, well done. For, well done what? for uh, Best Art Direction. It wasn't stiff competition at all. That was actually the only artistic game in that list. I mean, it was, it was, the style was artistic, but I mean, like, Arkham Knight looks phenomenal. Uh, Metal Gear Solid Five looks phenomenal. It was the best art. Well, yeah. Like how, how the game looks. Yeah, there's an artistic game in there. Well, the others aren't. I mean, all games is art, you know. So it, it's, it's. I don't know. I guess I put the other ones like Batman. I put it in uh, that that was graphically great. But I mean, there's, 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 there's still artists and concept artists coming up with those designs. I mean, there's still art involved. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm not saying I'm not discrediting the art. I'm just saying it's more graphically great, and you expect Batman to look a certain way and stuff like that. Like Ori was a true artistic piece because it was different and artistically done. Yeah. I, I understand what you're saying. Um, best score soundtrack went to Metal, Metal, Metal Gear Solid Five. Um, I completely agree on that. Even, even, even between the original score and just like the all of the like old school songs that you can get in there, provided the cassette tapes. I mean, just like that's I, that's completely deserved. Um, up, up against all four, Halo Five, Ori and Blood Force, and Witcher again. Is there anything Witcher was not nominated for? My God, no, I mean, no. I mean they didn't win everything, game. but they were nominated for a lot. It's it's odd to me though that it won best game of the year, but it didn't win anything else that it was nominated for. Mm-hmm. I, I, to me, that's that's interesting. What else do you need to win? Well, but, the, no, but that's my point. It's like yeah, it was the best game, but it didn't have the best art, and it didn't have the best soundtrack, and it didn't have the best story. Mm-hmm. But but it was the best game. It's like well, but but why? Yeah, <laughs> um, because it'll take your life away. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, that's the only uh, requirement. Um, Let's see. Um, just kind of scanning through the list here. Uh, I am upset that Mark Hamill did not win as uh, for his performance as a Joker for best performance. Instead, that, instead that went to Viva Seifert from her story. Now, the yeah. only reason that I think that was a good thing is, is if you guys look up what her story is, essentially the short version of what her, her story is is a woman who is taken into police custody and interviewed... Um, by the police, and it's like the combination of video performances in this game 
Is it live action video or live action video? It's film. Oh. it's it's like from the perspective of they've set the camera on the desk and they're interviewing her. So she had to give performances and she had to give a shitload of them, like physical performances as well as the actual active. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So she technically did more performing in in one way than most of these other people, um, you know, did. So okay, all right. Um, Though Camilla Luddington, I could see for Rise of the Tomb Raider because what I've played of your copy of that, she's she's great, much better than she was in the first one. Oh, well, because I was impressed with her in the first one, so she's, yeah, she's even better good. than that's she just, great. She feels more comfortable in the in the role, I think. So Excellent. it's great. Um, games for change is a word I'm not really sure what that means, but um... trying to change and buck shitty trends, trying to like <laughs> attempting to do something earnest and new and different. Okay. okay. Um, um, uh, so Life is Strange one for that. Best shooter went to Splatoon. Splatoon. Um, up against Call of Duty, Black Ops 3, Destiny, the Dayton Game, Halo 5 Guardians, and Star Wars Battlefront. That's awesome. What a fucking crushing victory for Nintendo on that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people were not happy with that in the crowd, though, during the. I was ecstatic with that. Yay! The crowd was not happy with that, when you said, John? No, not entirely, but I mean, there were people you could hear. It was a it was a mixed bag. Like I was thrilled for Nintendo. Um, I, I mean, I, I think it's arguable whether or not Splatoon is a better game than some of the ones in that list in terms of its overall like quality and play mechanics. Right. Right. Some of them, but um, but I'm really glad that Nintendo won that, and and it's just shows you things are kind of changing in the biz, man. You know, not everybody wants you know AAA big guys in armor shooters all the time. Yeah, no, I, I think that's awesome. awesome. I, I think, think the, I think the I think the war game is finally on the tail end of its thriving. Oh, here's so, yeah. Um, uh, best action adventure game went to Metal Gear Solid Five. Uh, best role playing game went to The Witcher Three. Uh, best fighting game went to Mortal Kombat Ten. Uh, best family game, Super Mario Maker. Uh, sports racing game went to Rocket League. Best multiplayer went to Splatoon. Most anticipated game went to No Man's Sky. Let's talk about this one. So No Man's Sky was up against Horizon Zero Dawn, Quantum Break, The Last Guardian, and Uncharted 4. I am surprised that The Last Guardian and Uncharted 4 didn't take that one over No Man's yeah, Sky. Yeah, me too. But, but No Man's Sky is reaching like this mythical level of expectation that I don't think it will be able to surmount. No. But I mean, it, it, it's, it's a, to me, the... the like, like Uncharted Four, and well, maybe not the last story, but Uncharted Four especially is like a very universal game. Like that's kind of to me, that's the kind of game that like anybody can sit down and play. Like No Man's Sky is a niche audience to me, and so that that's where my surprise comes from. Yeah. Go, you, you're not surprised? By this? No, I'm not surprised at all. One, we've heard the last Guardian for the last God, <laughs> what five decades? Uh, I'm pretty sure the original Fallout, the bomb, happened the same day. They but announced Last Guardian. But, um, and how can you anticipate, uh, I mean, I'm sure it's just the list because it's, it's not anticipated anymore. It's, it's got a release date. Yeah. No, we know that when true. it comes out. I John? That's true. You know, so like, if it's, like, No Man's Sky is the best one on the list because we have no idea about it and it's like the big lofty one that everybody's anticipating it's going to get a release date and we're actually going to get our grumpy hands. Okay. I, I, I totally agree with you that that's, that's, that's definitely the most anticipated, but Uncharted 4, from what I saw today with the PlayStation experience and the way that the crowd, crowd seemed to react to, it was like a five-minute trailer that was shown, was outstanding. It was really stunning. Yeah, but uh, we're not anticipating it. We know we're getting there in March. <laughs> I am. That sold me on buying a PlayStation next year. Oh. 
Um, so e <laughs> esports player of the year went to Kenny Kenny S Shrub, who apparently plays Counter Strike Global Offensive and Team Envious. Why is this an award? Because because, because uh, it's, it's massive. massive. You know mm-hmm. the esports. You cannot you cannot ignore the existence of esports anymore. It's not only is it making massive money, but the amount of people involved in it, following it, getting involved in it. They announced during Video Game Awards that TBS is going to be making a um, a show, a weekly show about esports. Now they're going to have a dedicated like cable television show about esports every week. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the this generation's X Games. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is too. And I'm I'm not being mean when I say this. Nobody will remember any of these people in ten years. Yeah. Wait, wait, quick, guys. Uh, name me one X Game winner. Exactly. Sean White. Did he win? <laughs> I'm assuming. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Fast Force. Tony, Tony Hawk. Might have won. Maybe. <laughs> Probably. Um, yeah. ESPN, that's the correct answer. Yeah. They won. Uh, uh, Esports Team of the Year went to Optic Gaming. Esports Game of the Year was Counter-Strike Global Offensive. Is that new or is that, is that old? Counter-Strike Go is several years old. That's what I thought. <laughs> it just, okay, that's interesting. Um, Trending Gamer is Greg Miller. Who? Greg Miller is the guy that won the award that gave the very passionate speech about... Um, the game oh. industry that I mentioned earlier. Well, but, good on um, him, then. I mean, he was up against guys like PewDiePie and Markiplier, who have these massive followings. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, know I know them. I, I, know I know PewDiePie, PewDiePie and Markiplier. Um, um, I know who I Total Biscuit is, too, but I don't know who uh, Christopher Monty, Christo Michael, Michaels, Michaels is. Uh, yeah. I don't think that Greg Miller should have won that award, necessarily. Um, he does a podcast, and I believe he used to work for IGN as an editor, so you've probably seen his face. Ah, um, yes. I find him to be really grating. <laughs> Hmm. We should have won that award. Yes, I agree. And um, and finally, best fan creation went to Portal Stories Mel by Prism Studios. I need to find out what this is. I, I'm not aware of this. It's basically a uh, like a Fanfic. a fully fleshed a uh, fleshed out uh, Portal mod. Oh, so okay. So I would need to play Portal on PC. Mm-hmm. Um, up against Twitch plays Dark Souls, um, Super Mario Maker e-reader levels. I'm sorry, what? Uh, real GTA and the GTA Five targets. Um, I need to find out a couple about uh, also what Super Mario Maker e-reader levels is because that sounds hilarious. Why well, you can read a book and play Mario at the same time? Is what I, think. I just want to know if you're playing Mario Maker on like a Kindle because that's what that sounds like to me. It's weird. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> um, so those are all the winners, uh, at least uh, at least the the, the top tier. Um, you know, there's there's almost always like a bevy of awards that they give out that they don't really really publicize. But uh, yes, yes. Pixel Fixer of the Year, yes. um, Shop Cleaner of the Year, Ed- Editor of the Year, Producer of the Year, MoCap Artist of the Year, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, <laughs> um, but yeah. So then uh, a whole bunch of uh, games were announced slash teased. And uh, again, we'll, we'll go through all of these because we're running along here. But um, there's been a couple, there's been a couple of highlights. Um, so we watched a couple of these trailers right before the show just so they, they could be all fresh in our minds. And um, artistically speaking, uh, a game we don't know much about, but it's called Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, uh, was teased. And um, I mean, it looks beautiful. It, it's cel-shady, hand-drawn, um, old-timey. Uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to describe. Um, if, you haven't, if you haven't seen the trailer, go look it up on YouTube. It's only like a two-minute or so trailer, or teaser, I guess I should really say, because it doesn't really tell you too much about what's going on. 
But um, I can explain it perfectly. Okay. It's going to be Charlie's Ori next year when he's like, why didn't wine <laughs> win all the awards? Um, I can see that. I can it see looks that. really good. It looks really... It reminds me of uh, the art style of Valiant Hearts. Oh, yeah. It totally does. Yeah. That's like, true. Uh, you can actually see like the, the car pencils, stripes, and there's stripes. Uh, yeah, yeah. Strike, strikes and stuff like that. So I'm really interested in... They told us absolutely nothing. Yeah, really didn't. There, there's a train, and there's a man who looks like he's going to tell you a story with tarot cards around a campfire in the desert. That's, That's pretty much all we know. And trailer. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, we, we saw a brief glimpse, a little bit more of Uncharted 4 at this end. Um, which... We get it. We want it. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it looks amazing. Um, uh, out of... There's, there's out of left field, and then there's whatever's three paces past that. Because uh, we have Shaq Fu, A Legend Reborn... The reveal trailer. Uh, what? Putting in my trailer right now. <laughs> I, uh, I look forward to you telling me how it was. Oh, yeah. I'm going to get the collector's edition of that shit. That's going to be amazing. Um, Telltale Batman uh, game was teased. Again, no gameplay shown whatsoever. Just uh, some narrative over like some sketches filling in what, what ends up being a Batman logo and a Telltale Games production. Uh, we know nothing except for that it's coming out in 2016. Uh, did, John, did Nick call you and said there was a disturbance in his force? <laughs> no, no, actually, this is the one thing surprisingly I haven't talked to him about, but he is aware, he knows um, that it's out there. But uh, crowd has went he, crazy ha- for this when it was announced. Has Nick, Nick played, played any of the Telltale games? games? Nope. He is now. Yeah, yeah oh, he will. It'll start here. Yeah. And I've been trying to talk him into playing Wolf Among Us. I know mm. we'll get to it at some point, but... Um, so saw a full, proper trailer for the new Far Cry game, uh, Far Cry Primal. Um, I'm in. Uh, to, me, to me, this looks super interesting. So um, if, if you're not at all familiar, it's Far Cry, but they've uh, apparently taken the, uh, the criticisms about how Far Cry games are just, you know, recycled, reskinned in different settings or whatever to heart. And uh, this is now in the past with Cavemans and Sabretooth Fighters and Lily Madness and Giant Grizzly Bears and owls that can pick you up and carry you away. And I am on board. All right, Ubisoft, let's get a little bit of that ingenuity and uh, creativity going for Assassin's Creed now that you're doing it with Far Cry. Yeah. Um, Go, you were not impressed by this one, though. No, I'm not on this one. It, no? just, it looks like Far Cry 2 Major Edition. It really did. No. Mm-hmm. Um, another surprise out of left field, Psychonauts 2. Um, and the crowd squeed at high volumes. I know. Like, glass shattered everywhere. Um, uh, to me, this is one of those cases where it's like, this... It's surprising to me when secrets like this are kept as well as they are up until launch, because you almost feel like we would have known about this, something of this magnitude beforehand. Well, Tim's been teasing it in, in Tim Schafer way for like the last two years. <laughs> Which doesn't, doesn't mean anything. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but apparently it does this time. Wow. Um, but, but yeah, yeah uh, again, we really don't know much about it except for that. Do we, need to? Do we really need to know anything else besides Psychonauts 2? Done. Moving on. Please put it in my inbox day, now, yesterday, go. <laughs> go <laughs> wants to play your game, Tim. Um, John, are you looking forward to Psychonauts 2? Um, I am. I, th- I think it's. I think now's the right time to do it because people are, are back to a point where they're appreciating a little bit of quirk with their games, and, and I think the world needs a little more of that right now. I can't help but wonder if the remaster of Grim Fandango was a little bit of a... Uh, um, feeler, yeah, just just, just kind, kind of a feeler, feeler just to see if people yeah. would be interested in this. That makes sense. I would, I would well, agree. Master Master for, I mean, hands down, it's my probably favorite game off of the original Xbox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
isolate the planet. I haven't played it. I haven't played it. I haven't played it. I haven't played it. I will bring my copy. Okay. Quantum Break, we got a little bit of a better look at that. More of the same. I'm still interested. Rock Band VR, because why not? You'll be able to play Rock Band with an Oculus Rift headset. First party, first person's First person perspective, that was very hard to say. Um, uh, as you're playing around, you can actually see like the guitar out in front of you, so you can see what notes you're playing and everything. And yeah, um, when you run out of ideas, you incorporate VR. Um, yes, yeah, so that'll be the new thing. Yeah. Um, Shadow Complex, um, or previously a um, Xbox 360 exclusive, is uh, is uh, being remastered. It's currently, uh, it won't be anymore by the time you hear this podcast, but uh, hopefully you grabbed it for free on PC over the weekend. Uh, Rocket League is coming to Xbox One. We mentioned that before. Um, Star Citizen Alpha 2.0 gameplay trailer was uh, was shown off, and uh, finally another uh, another Telltale Games. Uh, they're doing a uh, game based on Michonne from uh, the Walking Dead series. Um, which uh, yeah. so wait wait, I'm a little confused on this. Is this is this season 2.5? Is this something different, or is this season three? Um, I think it's going to be just like a side story. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so people were excited that they were doing another game, but this is not the one that they were expecting or even necessarily wanted. Okay. It, it's it's like I like Michonne's character, um, so I'm I'm yeah I, I would I would yeah exactly though John I would have rather had a continuation of the characters that they've been working with. So this is somebody from the this is somebody from the show and and from the comics yes. Shit, it's going, going downhill. downhill. <laughs> Josh, incorporate that. Some of those people make appearances in there. I mean, if they're smart, they'll, they'll put something no. like that in there. No, as soon as they put a train wreck of a show into a nice comic, it's going to be... Train wreck of a show? I uh, uh, I'm not a big fan of that show either. I... Okay, I, I'm the only one. I love the, the comics. Love the comics. The show's just terrible. The show doesn't follow the comics, given, but it's not bad on its own right. Yeah. Yeah, but I'm saying that. The, but what I'm saying is that that's great. Keep them separate. Don't because you started the games on the comics. Don't bring the show anywhere near the game in the world. That world. Mm. All right. So, oh, so 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 your your impression is that the game, that the Telltale games have been more about the comics than the show. Yeah, they have. Oh yeah. Oh. So have there been characters from the comics that have not been in the show that have been in the comics? I don't know. I stopped watching the show about mid-season two. Um, well, so well then, have there been characters from the comics in the, in the game? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That have not been in the show. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm, yeah. yeah. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah, yeah I didn't know that. Yeah. That's uh, almost all the game. All the people who in the games like the characters that have been in the comic. Oh, I have no idea. Okay. Um, well, I, I understand what you're saying. saying. Um, I mean, Michonne is from the, the comics, too. too. So, I mean, they, they, they could, could use comic version, version of Michonne. Hopefully. And hopefully they yeah, use comic version. But, but, uh, but yeah, so, so there's that. that. Um, and then we saw a little bit of um, the uh, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider expansion uh, called Baba Yaga. Um, and uh, uh, Combat Pack 2 for Mortal Kombat 10 with uh, some new characters. Um, I know one I'm sure John is particularly excited about. It looks fun. I accept the right show. He sucks. I don't know why they put him in fucking anything. But, uh, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that was, that was, I mean, that was a lot, but that was it for, uh, for the 2015, uh, Game Awards. So um, it was basically an award teaser, award teaser to the end of the show. Got it. Seems kind of like that, yeah. Um, so John, as being the only one of us that actually got a chance to watch it, what was your overall impression of the Game Awards? Um, I enjoyed it. I, I 
really, there's not a lot that celebrates video games, um, just for the sake of trying to celebrate video games anymore, and uh, or really ever was. So whenever something like this comes along that tries to do it with a little bit of heart and some earnestness, um, I appreciate it. I enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to it next year. I love this kind of stuff. And then, uh, so briefly, then we got a little bit more, um, as briefly as possible anyways, we got a little bit more information about some upcoming games and titles uh, from uh, Sony's PlayStation experience. Yes. Um, uh, so, John, what do you think was most notable um, out, of, uh, out of that particular showing? Um, easily easily um, the Final Fantasy remake video. And I don't just mean, like, my personal opinion. People were thrilled. And uh, the way that they presented it, there was, like, a little lead-in where... They showed people's reactions to when it was debuted at E3, and like it was like a montage of people like freaking out over it, and it was fun. It was really sweet the way they put it together. Um, there was a five-minute Uncharted video that was outstanding, and just made you want to play it even more. Um, I understand one of the bigger reveals about Uncharted Four was that there's gonna be dialogue options. Yes, um, and, and it's not clear how deep those are gonna be, but the the. Options, the example they gave for options in it, um, it was really cool. It was kind of, kind of really neat what they did because it lets you kind of put a personal a touch on your opinion of the previous games in a way. Um, and it was just artfully, the, everything you were looking at was so engaging, as, as Uncharted games tend to be. So I'm really about it. Um, anything else that stood out? Let's see. Um, oddly enough, Adult Swim said they're going to be making games for, for the PlayStation 4. And... You know, four or five of those games looked really cool on, like, an independent level. Like, they looked like really rad little indie games. Um, Day of the Tentacle, which is another uh, Double Fine, Tim Schafer. Uh, they're remastering that. It's an old classic. Um, uh, there was a, a game made by um, by uh, some, some of the people who had hand in older Final Fantasy games, uh, uh, JRPG Studio, um, making a game called Zodiac uh, or Canon Odyssey that looked really cool. It looked like a hand-painted... Like turn-based RPG, I would liken it to something like Child of Light in its art style, maybe with a little bit more detail. A um, couple of Yakuza games, King of Fighter 14, which looks like shit. Um, <laughs> it looks like a PS2 game, man. But the a, a, a game called Brutal that looks really neat because it's almost got like a Tron-style vibe to it, not in its visual aesthetic, but that it like takes place. It started that series that it started as like an ASC2 like, text-based game, and then when you go into the world of, like, the ASC2 stuff, like, all of the characters look like, like, one guy's got a shield, and it's like, it's like the at, it's like the at symbol, you know, it's like really weird, like, I don't even know how to describe it to you, just watch that trailer, it's odd. John, John, I'm gonna get nerdy on you for a second, uh, that's pronounced ASCII. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not um, ASC2. <laughs> the, uh, oh, I was, I was speaking in plain people speak. Um, I know, so I'm getting, I'm getting the other half of our audience. Very good, thank you. Uh, the, they did a PlayStation uh, VR demo, like they promised a big reveal earlier on in the, the two-hour keynote, which was mostly good. Uh, the, the VR portions were abysmal. Yeah, you mentioned really before that they were a body bad. tech demo that didn't work properly and looked really janky and cheap. And the word you showed, before, the word I think you used before was embarrassing. It was embarrassing. I thought it was, anyways. It, it, maybe it's because we've played on Oculus Tech and I've seen so many things about what's going on on the PC with the Oculus right now and how it can be used. Um, it just looked really like they're like Sony's really far behind in their VR development to me. 
Yeah. Um, and then they showed a slew of games that will be using their VR tech, which look far more interesting than the the demos they showed. And one of the most notable uh, of which being their Ace Combat Seven is going to be VR capable, which I think is kind of neat. But hmm. uh, other than that, not really much else. And then people got really excited because they. Uh, mentioned they're going to be putting Sparrow Racing into Destiny. Like it's going to be like racetrack courses, and you win like items and awards for your character and stuff by doing the races, and uh, which is kind of neat. And then probably the last, uh, the last announcement that I'm sure you guys are going to want to talk about a little bit is uh, the announcement of Nino Kuni Two. Oh Red God, it Kingdom. looks so good. PlayStation 4 sold. Yeah, that, that's, that's going to be your system seller, huh? Well, I mean, that's like the last nail in the coffin. I mean, you got Uncharted. You've got not Nino Cooney. You've got, um, there's a couple other ones that are in there. But those are the two highlights. Yeah. yeah. Be, you know, if you're going to buy systems with the exclusives, you probably should have at least two monsterly like, yeah. Yeah. titles that you this, know you're going to be fine. This particular this, keynote was it started out really good the first like 40 minutes of it was really high energy and right like fast paced and like stuff you wanted and you were like oh fuck that's cool that's cool and the last like almost like 50 minutes of it just dragged ass man like it just fell apart not not in its presentation just in its excitement like they blew their wad right at the beginning <laughs> and didn't leave a lot for the end you know so it one thing i will say that um they seem to be doing the same way they did when they announced the PlayStation 4, where they were like, we're all about games, games and video gamers, and we want not just AAA titles, but look at all these independent games or smaller titles we're developing that are a little more thoughtful. There was a lot of that in there, so I recommend everybody check that out and look into it. And then they also revealed, like, sort of the last character for Street Fighter V, which is the weirdest fucking trailer I've ever seen for a fighting game character. <laughs> like, this, this was, like, bizarre beyond belief. Um, check that out. Even if you're not a fighting game fan, watch it just so you can go, what the fuck? Um, so yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that was kind of my, my quick rundown of the PlayStation experience. It was, uh, entertaining. Um, I thought the video game words were more entertaining because it felt more, um, a little less like PR robot than Sony's press conferences can sometimes. But, okay. um, it, they were both entertaining. It was a good week for video games and video gamers alike. Yeah, it sounds like a lot of news. And, um, yeah, so, uh, that's, uh, that's all of the news that's, that's fit to consume out of, uh, the Game Awards and Sony's PlayStation experience this year. So let's, uh, let's move on to the mailbag and see what you guys would do with a crap load of money. All right, for our mailbag question this week, we asked, uh, a, a re, we, we re-asked a question from a couple weeks ago, um, that, uh, Kind of forgot to post out. Technically, we're asking him for the very first time because you never asked, asked it. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Um, uh, we asked if you're like Activision and had 5.9 billion dollars, what would you spend it on? Would you buy another company? Would you buy another company? And if so, who? Uh, so Robert Garrett, um, I don't believe that's your real name, um, said, uh, "Listen, you people are savages. I buy goddamn island and get the get the hell away from you all." Mainly goat. Um, also, I am Activision. So um, Robert Garrett, I don't think that's your real name. I think mm -hmm. we all know who that really is. It is. Hey, it's, it's not. So it is. It really is. I can verify. It's not what he normally goes by, but it's his real name. Right. Uh, <laughs> Joe Moeller said, uh, if it was me, I'd dress to the nines with a top hat and monocle, fly to Vegas, and put it all on black. Probably why I don't have $5.9 million. 
Um, if I'm Activision, I make another Call of Duty game uh, because uh, the only thing better than 5.9 billion is 6 billion. Um, and then he made some hashtag jokes referencing Silicon Valley. Um, Dash uh, says, um, I use it to bring Firefly back. Yes, please, and thank you. Um, Carlton Nullset says, make MechWarrior 2 again. Um, yes. Also, yes, please, and thank you. <laughs> and uh, Mr. Danny Meckler indicates that he sent us an email, so I'm going to pull that up. Uh, well, go to uh, read some uh, read the response we had in the Let's Players see. Club. Players Club comes in. Uh, Mr. Tyler says, from the outside, it's easy to say something like, I'd look at what smaller company companies, gamers, respect more than Activision, acquire them, and let them run things their way. But we all know that never happened. He's, uh, he's, he's not wrong. <laughs> he would just probably buy them all up and fold them like Activision and start TioVision. <laughs> now, John, I believe you had some responses as well. I did. Um, <clears throat> Tom Mukite says, tacos as far as the eye can see. <laughs> Wise investment, indeed. Well, but hang on. Let's talk about this. You, those tacos, who's going to eat them? Because tacos have a shelf life and a relatively short one at that. I mean, like, cold tacos are okay, but, I mean, like, eventually they're going to mold. They're going to go bad. And so... I don't know. I just feel like that's the wrong, uh, the wrong use of that money, personally. At five point nine billion dollars on tacos, uh, I kind of feel like it becomes the world's tacos, and everybody should get some tacos. That's the way I feel about it. You know. So, so does everybody, everybody gets a taco, taco day? Yes. Yes. All right. I'm okay with that. Yes. Um, Carlton uh, says Mech Warrior Two Mercenaries. Yes, he would. He would spend it on that and remake that game and do that. And I agree my, with him entirely. My only he thing with that though is, is that they bring it back. They need to bring back the Sidewinder too. Um, you know what's funny? I, I <laughs> story for a different time. I still have my Sidewinder and I've been using it lately. Um, <laughs> That's just joystick people. people. It's true. It's true. Um. Christian. Not not his, his joystick. joystick. It, Never mind. Never, no different story. To quote, um, um, horrible <laughs> Captain Hammer. Um, the hammer is my penis. <laughs> Chris, Chris Shamber says, "How much is Square Enix worth? Because that would be stellar." <laughs> Somebody wants to buy up Square Enix. Uh, Jason Paskovitz says, uh, "Give Kojima startup money for his own company." That right there is the fucking ding 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 for me. Yes. Yep. That, um, um, yes, yes all, all of that. that. And uh, Kirsten Sealander says, I would honestly use the money to put more time and work into games so they're not shit on release and you have to wait a month for the update. Make the game worth the 50 to $60 price you bought it at. That is also a ding-ding-ding for me. I appreciate that. It'd be kind of cool, though, it's like, if somebody had, like, a committee for, like, you know, whatever, like, like the SRB, but for shitty games, that they go through them. If they, if they don't, don't pass, pass they have to, like, like sorry, sorry, you gotta, you gotta do, do it again. again. <laughs> until until it's right. Yeah. 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 Fix it until, until it's fixed. Yeah. 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 You're really trying to find out how... They put out a uh, broken game, whatever developers out of a broken game, to spend, uh, to spend a month in, like, a Turkish prison. <laughs> I'm currently trying to find out the market valuation of Square Enix. <laughs> it's fourteen ninety nine. <laughs> It was 14.99 until E3, and they announced that Final Fantasy VII remake, and now it's not so much 14.99. Oh yeah, no, it's 59.99. More or less. It for the same like damn game for the 14th time. <laughs> um, I don't understand the stock market and, and and things like that, but apparently Square Enix currently has a market cap of around. It looks like ballpark of three billion dollars. Now I don't know if market. 
I don't know if market cap is how much they're worth, quote unquote, but um, they can be worth. But I have a hard time believing that King is worth more than twice as much as Square Enix. That just doesn't sound right to me. Microtransactions, that makes sense. Microtransactions being the way they are. Yeah. Yeah. God, that's so depressing. Isn't it? Well, you pay fourteen ninety nine for Final Fantasy seven times. All right. That's only so much money. If you buy extra moves sixteen times a day at three dollars a piece. That's, that's math does not lie. Sad. I don't, I don't <laughs> like it, Sam. I am. John, any other responses on your side? No, man, that was it. All right. So then uh, moving on to uh, the uh, aforementioned email from Mr. Danny Meckler. He says, uh, hey, look, I won the winning numbers in the lottery of a state other than Illinois. I won $5.9 billion. Damn, that's probably too much money to give to any one person for picking five sets of two-digit numbers jumbling around their washing machine of a head. Hell, Master Lock is way more than halfway there for every high school kid's locker, but oh well. Um, I've thought about this a lot, and I keep going back to my childhood aspirations for what to do when I definitely inherit a large sum of money. For starters, the only logical thing to do with $5.9 billion is to buy the moon. Yep, that giant hunk of cheese orbiting around our smoggy, filthy Earth is now owned by me, Danny Moonclair. <laughs> <laughs> Which goes right back to that profile picture. Yeah. Uh, blood moon. Uh, oh, yeah, and I will legally I will have legally changed my name, too. Uh, turns out that only costs like 200 smackers and allows you to add clever puns to your already mis pronounceable name um you might be asking yourself danny moon claire why would you want to buy the moon good question charlie <laughs> because it's dope man for starters i'll build a house there for my own private abode uh oh you have your own private island that's nice in this scenario i'm rubbing elbows with richard branson and other formerly fancy island owners i have my own private planet then we'll laugh and laugh also, I would license out the rights to the moon. I'm looking at you, Sam Rockwell. You know how Gene Simmons gets a check for a nickel uh, or whatever when someone on TV mentions the word OJ? I'll get that, too. Wait, what? I'll get that, too. Just swap the orange juice acronym with moon and swap the walking STD known as Gene for me, Danny Moonkler. I can make a profit from this, too. I can also sell ad space to anyone who wants moon advertising. It's only logical. God, the puns just don't stop. Think about it, John. You can have your band logo slapped across the sky for a very small nominal fee. I doubt that. That it would be small, I mean. Unless he's doing a friend and family discount. I can make my money back ten and you can have your villain thing shoved in everyone's faces. That is damn right. Uh, and since I will own the moon forever, I'll have plenty of time to wander around and look for other life on this satellite. If I find any girls up there... Uh, <laughs> where that accent came from? <laughs> I'll let you know, goat. Um, I can fly you up there. Moon girls will be pretty nice. And goat, think about the gravity. Think about it. Oh, my hips will love that. <laughs> Uh, thank you, Danny, um, <laughs> on so many levels. Thank you. And then we have a response from Songbird, uh, which even though she already responded to our question previously when we asked it on the podcast, extra credit for you, Songbird, she has an additional response for us this week. Uh, dear Technotronic and Goat and Fallon Flynn, uh, mailbag answer. Well, since I already answered that question, um, I'll talk what I thought about the awards show instead. While it didn't have the hiccups of the first show, save for the mix-up for the best performance, I guess that's the one, John, you were mentioning where they called the wrong person up. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's a shame too. Because if it was best performance, that's that girl that that was in her story. That's so 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 the so the, the girl that 
that did all that video acting for her story didn't actually get to accept no, the award? She, she got yeah. called up initially, like earlier on, for her story, and then what the mix-up that happened later was for one of the other categories, and she came up and did it again. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> so, so it may find the irony that, that the best performance was not their best performance. performance. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, the overall presentation this year felt shallow in comparison. Not that there weren't any highlights, but they were outnumbered by the amount of adverts. So what did you think of Star Wars Battlefront? Um, I personally didn't care uh, much for most of the performances since they weren't gaming-related, but even Dead Mouse's act was mad to me. Oh, Dead Mouse played. Um, Sweet, bunch of lights. Yeah. Um, well, I like his setup, actually. Um, not even the world premieres without exciting safety out of nowhere Psychonauts 2 reveal. Um, as touching as the Iwata tribute was, I'd say the most important part was Quiet's theme being performed as a swan song in the Kojima, and you better believe it, I booed as soon as I heard the injustice which conspired. Seriously, fuck Konami. That may be, that may be the first curse word we've gotten out of Sonic, I'm not sure. It incurred Songbird's wrath. Um, uh, yeah, Songbird as a, as a... I don't, did we even cover the the, the, the Kojima um, snub? We did we did cover the Kojima snub, but we we did talk about uh, Iwata's tribute, which was really really yeah, nice right. and very well done. You know, uh, Reggie Fisame came out and and did like this really touching tribute for him, and it was really nice. And yeah, it was really pretty, very well done. Um, sometimes wow. sometimes dear listeners, I get confused as well. We talk about on air and off air, so pardon me. Wow. Um, yes. Yeah. Congratulations, Konami. You've pissed off the probably the sweetest girl. On the planet. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would not want to be in your shoes right now. Um, uh, Somber continues. So there's going to be selectable dialogue in the next Uncharted game. Thoughts? Uh, kind of. So, yeah, kind of went over this a little bit earlier. But uh, John, you were going to say something? Yeah, yes. I mean, she asked a couple questions. You know, above about about the the overall show. Um, she said, "What did you think about Star Wars Battlefront?" Um, I think it's a pretty cool game. It's not at all a competitive shooter, but sometimes it's not supposed to be. It's just supposed to be fun. And as a fun game, I think it's great. A little overpriced. DLC is overpriced. That's what EA does, and I'll wait until the price drops on all of it, but I will get it and I will play it. I enjoyed what I did play. Um, I, I, she I, think asked, she may have, I think she may have been asking that ironically, just commenting on the number oh, really? of advertisements. Oh, really? Oh, the amount of advertisements? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's true. There were a shitload of advertisements in there. So it was um, the uh, Game Awards brought to you by Battlefront? Yes, pretty much, yeah. Um, she said she didn't care for most of the performances. Um, I didn't care for Dead Mouse either, but I do highly recommend um, that everybody check out Churches. I really enjoyed that performance, and the band spells their name CHV. They style it where the U should be. It's a V, CHV, um, U-R-C-H-E-S. And uh, it's a three-piece, like, electro-pop uh, outfit from Scotland um, that's been picking up a lot of steam. I had never heard of them. I loved that song, and I'm now listening to that album a lot. So I keep I keep hearing good things about them. They're, they're really good. Yeah, it's yeah. really. I'm good. I'm glad they're finally getting some some actual like camera time. Good. Yeah, awesome. it's really good. Uh, Somber continues, uh, and uh, I'm not sure if you talked about the following, um, but uh, if you could please give your thoughts, if possible, on the uh, on the Super Machino uh, fashion line that's coming out. And so she sends a couple of links. So um, uh, if if you guys aren't familiar with this, um, I'm probably not saying this right, but it's Super M O S H C I N O. So I'm saying it as Machino. Um, it's it's apparently a fashion designer who is coming up with a line of clothing um, that is all it's straight up Super Mario World, it's, but instead of saying Super Mario, like Super Nintendo era Super Mario, but the logo is instead of saying Super Mario, it says Super Machino, and they're coming up with a line of clothing, um, you know, the, you know, apparently high fashion clothing, and these shirts are like 
$300. Like for just a giant baggy shirt that has a giant Mario on it and Super Machino above it. And welcome to fashion. I mean, that's just what it is, I guess. Um, um, uh, Michelle is currently uh, unavailable to to comment, but I'll see if I can. I'll see if I, I can. Really wish she was because I, I need to be I need to be schooled on why a two hundred thirty five dollars shirt from nineteen ninety two that doesn't even have the correct name on it is two hundred thirty five dollars. I mean, she might be. She, you know, I have no idea if she's familiar with this design or not. But what I will do is, is that when I'm editing this show tomorrow night, um, I'll see if I can grab her and pipe in her comments right here. Okay, so I'm here with Michelle, and uh, as promised, as you just heard about 10 seconds ago, um, I'm about to show Michelle something. Okay, Michelle, are you familiar with a uh, fashion brand or, or, or designer called Moschino? No. Nothing? No. Okay. So I'm, uh, I'm going to show you now. Um, so this is a line of clothing. This is right off the SS-16 runway, whatever the hell that is. Um, do you know what that is, SS-16? <laughs> just keep going. Okay. Uh, where, um, well, you can see it now. So they've got this girl, and she's, for some reason, has a power drill, but I think that's irrelevant. And, um, yeah, so it's, it's Mario, but with many arms. And, but instead of Super Mario, it says Super Machino. So what do you think of this shirt? Why does he have so many arms? I, I don't know. He's, he's Krishna. Um, I mean... So it's, it's totally like Super Mario 3, Super Mario World style. I wouldn't consider it fashion. It's like graphic tees. No? Well, here, maybe the prices will, will convince you that it's fashion. For a graphic tee? <laughs> um, $225, $685. Yep. For a Hanes sweatshirt <laughs> that looks like you're giving birth to a Mario? Uh, yes, that. Um, and this isn't even like fashion designer. Like... This is literally the Super Mario logo, just with a different word. Like, that, there is no innovation here. That's just copy and paste and change the lettering. Like, they just bought the font from Mario. And why is he coming out of your tummy? This is <laughs> asinine. I choose no. Hang on, there's more. Um, <clears throat> no, no more. No more. No, but there are more. Uh, maybe you prefer um, the, uh, the purses and clutches that I'm currently showing okay, you? number one, don't say the word purse. I'm sorry, handbags. How about the $925 maybe leather backpack? Oh my god, stop it. I have to see what this is made out of. Oh, well, it has internal Oh, it's PVC. Backpacks. It's not even leather. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nobody in this world paying $925 for a polyvinyl carbonate piece of shit backpack that has their logo printed on it over and over again. I am so anti-designers who do nothing but print their name on shit and expect you to wear it. If you want me to be a walking advertisement for you, you had better be paying me. It's it's not even it's not even designer. There's no like innovative take on these things. There's no like it's not like they're they're their view of what Mario looks like or, you know, like a new look at like the Koopas. Like this is literally what they look like in the game. Yep. I could print out a piece of paper, iron it onto <laughs> this backpack and hand it to you for $10. Yep. That's so stupid. So is it safe to say that you're not a fan? No, and that's this your... is, what are these handbags? Oh, I do like the belt. Is it a belt or a bracelet? I think it's a belt. Hold on. Better be a belt for $260. It's a belt, yeah. Mm. I do like the belt, except for, again, it's just their logo over and over again. I hate companies that expect you to wear their logo and pay for it. Like, 
That's shit they should give away free if you buy some of their design work. Like, what do you think you are, American Eagle or Coach? Good Christ. Is that a $195 coin purse? Yep. This is asinine. Okay, hold on. I have to see if this designer is who I think it is. Oh, look, they did the same thing with Bugs Bunny. Yeah, I think they might just be, like, very novelty. I don't know that they and Is that have... Petto Bear on a wallet or a phone case? Yeah, I think it is. <laughs> this is the least innovative I have. Ooh, underwear. <laughs> Yeah. Hanes cotton tea, anyone? I'm sorry, that's literally $105 for a white, like a white t-shirt. Ooh, but it's 50% off. The white t-shirt was originally $210. Yeah, well, now that I've seen the rest of their stuff. You're not really surprised. No, is this a design house or is it a person? Do you know? I have no idea. So, so as far as the Mario stuff is concerned, what you're telling me is that I don't need to be worried about you wanting a $700 Mario shirt. I don't want a $10 Mario shirt. Well, that's okay. Well, thanks, Michelle. I appreciate your input. So you've either just heard Michelle's opinion or you didn't because I couldn't grab her. But uh, <laughs> um, We made the effort. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so Sombra continues, what, what could convince you to purchase a shirt, purse, or a setup that would cost that much? Honestly, I could buy something better designed at Hot Topic for a fraction of those prices. Yes. Um, you could buy something anywhere, fashioned anywhere. Yes. Um, yeah, Songbird, to answer your question, the kind of people that, that buy these things are the kind of people who have the money to spend on these things. And, and we are, go to past parties and go, look, I'm wearing a set. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we are. Like, I'm currently looking at a purse that it basically looks like your typical, um, like, like coach purse, but it's, it's styled with a repeating pattern of, like, the Super Mario, Mario, Super Mario coin on it. This purse costs $1,050. Um, you know. Why do you buy a car for that? Yeah. There's yeah, there, there's a, there, there's like a bracelet. There's like, there's like a, like a, like a little, like a, looks like, like a clutch, like a little, like, a, like a, make, like a little makeup bag, and like a bracelet that all have like the, 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 uh, the invincibility star that range from 195 to 325 dollars. I mean, this is just, this is just high fashion, folks. I mean, like, this is, this is just the nature of this particular beast. It's, it's. This, gross. Yeah, this, this kind of stuff, this kind of stuff exists so that people can wear it and hope that people recognize that what it is and see how much it costs and then feel special because somebody else recognized that they have enough money to spend on this kind of stuff. Yeah, I, 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 I like to hit those people with my eleven hundred dollar car. <laughs> well, we here at Gamerhead Radio do not uh, do not condone violence of any kind. Look, um, I would be I'm going to be me. I'm sorry, but uh, for me to spend three hundred dollars on a shirt, the model better come in it. Yeah, and better be able to do a lot of things. Okay. <laughs> so, needless to say, I'm not buying any three hundred dollars shirts anytime well, ever. I, I think this kind of stuff is a fucking waste of money. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna waste that kind of money. I'm gonna build my Max Buster. Yeah. Which is a uh, Ghostbusters Mad Max mashup car. Um, <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, and finally, Songbird says, uh, it's not Child of Eden, but I'm super excited that they're actually bringing Rez to VR. Um, uh, what would you guys do if you received your own synth... No, here's a word. Um, synesthesia. Synth thank you. Synesthesia suit. Yes, that's what it's called. It basically lights up like a Christmas tree, and it does vibrate. Um, so, I wouldn't be leaving the house. Okay, so, so a couple things. Um, so... Child of Eden um, is a uh, it was a game that came out. It was a Kinect game for the Xbox 360, and it was a a, a motion controlled um, music rhythm game. It was a Kinect game, um, 
And uh, so there's that. And then uh, Res is an older, um, like, uh, Dreamcast era, I believe. Yeah, PS2 P- Dreamcast P- era. P- yeah, PS, I believe, <coughs> PS2 Dreamcast era game um, so was a wireframe-styled, like, kind of... Ca- it's a shooter music rhythm game. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with a very with a very distinct visual style to it. It's like very polygon wireframey. Um Lawnmower Manny. Yeah, yeah. Lawnmower Man slash kind of like like the first Tron movie yeah. kind of a thing. But um very uh, but it, it, those who played it loved it. And um and uh, so uh, it, uh, they announced this um in one of the conferences, I forget which one, probably the PlayStation one that they're yeah, bringing PC, it to, yeah, PSX. Yeah, that they're bringing it to um not only PlayStation Four, but uh, that you'll be able to play it with uh the, the PlayStation VR and then they, they showed off some crazy suit. Um, and if you're not familiar with what synesthesia is, this is when you experience sensations um, in a different way than normal. So, like when people talk about being able to see um, to see sounds or to hear colors, that kind of a thing. That's what synesthesia is. And so, uh, apparently, um, at least that's my best understanding. Hopefully, I'm not massacring that description. But um, apparently, they have this suit that they were showing off where you could like feel like that's what the vibrator about. So you can like feel the sounds and things like that. So it's super crazy. Yeah, super weird. Um, I would love to try it. I can tell you that much for sure. Um, yeah, I'm entirely intrigued. I'm all about it. I think it's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, um, so um, so I'll, I'll take Songbird's question here. So she asks, what would you guys do if you received your own synesthesia suit? Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to ask this question in a slightly different way. What game would you like to play with a synesthesia suit that isn't a music rhythm game? Anything skydiving or or being in the ocean, anything that would provide those sensations. I mean, I'm terrified of heights, so anything that could give me the sensation of trying those types of things without being in harm's way. Uh, okay. Uh, John's dream game would be uh, skydiving with sharks. Yes. Yes, it's true. I mean, the, I mean, there's a, there's an obvious answer. If any porn game would be great. Um, but, <laughs> but of course. But um, actually, I'd love to have like Forza. Just because of the G's and all that stuff, and, and and being able to like feel the car and stuff like that. Yeah, cool. Um, I would. God, those are some good answers, guys. Um, I can't. Um... Or like a Superman game or something where you can fly. The sensation of flying or being a superhero. Anything that makes you feel super powerful. That'd be a good one for you. Yeah. What if they put um? What if they put Tire Fighter in? Yeah, you know, I'm actually thinking. I'm, I'm thinking of it, him? Yeah, I'm thinking of it a little bit differently. Like um, like something that's a little that's a little more, um, like I'm thinking of like Fallout Four, like how you can get damage to different parts of your body. I feel like you know, like your arm could be you know, because in Fallout Four, like your arm can be injured and you can't use your arm anymore. It'd be interesting if like they could somehow replicate that. Like if you get hit in the arm, you feel it in your arm, kind of a thing. I don't know. That's just what I'm thinking. Um, but yeah, that's uh, those are ideas. And um, uh, thank you very much, Songbird, for your email. We, uh, we greatly appreciate it. And also thank you to uh, Danny Meckler and then everybody else that responded on social media. Um, we, uh, we appreciate you guys very much. And uh, yeah. So, uh, John, what do you and the villains have coming up? Um, we're working on new music. My brother locked himself in the other day and just had this, like, I don't know, a revelation. And uh, music started pouring out. He wrote four songs in a day. Nice. Uh, recorded him vocals, the whole thing. Sent him over to me, and was just like, "We've got shit now. Let's do this." And uh, <laughs> started writing for it. I've been listening to him nonstop, trying to figure out what I'm going to write for him. 
Um, I've got tons of ideas. Um, so that, that sort of slowdown that we had for a little while is finally coming to a halt. We've got a lot of stuff coming up with that. Um, we're about to prepare for Con Alt Delete, which is, um, you know, it's going to be, uh, starts on the, uh, the, the 18th, uh, 19th and 20th. We'll be there at, uh, the, uh, Hyatt Regency, uh, O'Hare, right next to, uh, the Donald D. Stevens Convention Center. We're going to be performing it there, and um, that, that's it for now. But there's a whole bunch of stuff we just booked, too, for the coming year we haven't announced yet. There's some more cons, a couple of things we haven't done yet. We're talking to a couple other people about some other new conventions that we haven't done. Um, so uh, things are starting to, you know, um, um, wind up. You know, 2016 should be pretty cool for us, a lot of change on the horizon. Finally going to finish all these costumes and stuff we started working on for the new characters and everything, too. So Nice. Goat. Uh, let's see. Trying to get this album done by mid-January. Uh, we're also ramping up with uh, we're designing costumes and stuff like that. Oh, nice. Uh, trying to get booking schedules and hopefully get this circus out on the uh, the open, whatever air <laughs> uh, spring. Okay. So all all pre-pro. We're already starting to work on like pre-production and, and all that crap. Nice. So a lot of the behind the scenes is where we're at now. So, Charlie, um, more of the same. Um, You're bringing yeah. out Mount now? Yeah, <laughs> no, more, more of the same for me. God, I wish I had that kind of time. Um, uh, yeah, no, we, um, uh, you know, uh, what I'm going to do this time is I'm going to take this opportunity to um, uh, both um, uh, anybody who's hearing this voice is in the Chicagoland area who has any in, any passing interest. Um, and even if you don't, um, and you just like to help out conventions and you kind of want to see what that's like, um, Winnie City, we are looking for volunteers. Um, being a first-year con, even though the management are those behind, um, yes, go to see your hand in there, applications online. Uh, <laughs> um, even, uh, even though we are a first-year, even though that we are managed by people who, uh, you know, from Ponyville Sire Fest, we've got a lot of people with experience, uh, you know, behind, you know, the, the core group behind the con. Um, even still, we, uh, we need, uh, you know, more help than usual on just the general volunteer side of things. Things. Like you know, we need, we need a whole ton of art done for, um, for you know, for various marketing purposes. Um, you know, we could use help with social media and like with the website and things like that. And then um, you know, just with the planning, people who are familiar, really familiar with the Chicago area that would like to help out with like planning social, you know, some special events in the area, getting people involved, any marketing opportunities, just anything like that. Um, if there's anybody who has ever had any sort of passing interest in helping out with the convention. And it helps if you're interested in ponies, but you don't have to be. We have plenty of people on staff at, at Ponyville Cider Fest that just Help out in cons, and they've they never, you know, they've never even seen the show. Um, uh, it would be great if we could uh, get some help with that. So if you just go to Winnie City, and that's Winnie because it's a horse pun, W H I N N Y, winniecity.com backslash uh, volunteer, I'm pretty sure it is. Um, and uh, yeah, fill out the application and um, just let us know what you're interested in and uh, just uh, how you think you could help. And um, and uh, we're going to be, we're going to start sorting through the applications that we have uh, pretty soon here. But uh but yeah, especially any artists that um, that would like to uh, you know get some of their work out there, um, you know, understand that these are volunteer positions. You know, if you if you volunteer for the con, you know, you're you get to come to the con. Your badge is on us when you're not on staff. You know, you get to experience the rest of the con like everybody else. You get a staff T-shirt and then also discounted crash space um, if you want to stay at our hotel. 
Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's 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 uh, yeah, trust me. Even if you don't like ponies, it's it's a heck of a fun time. Um, you know, just at conventions in general. I mean, like you guys can attest, like, John, you can attest from multiple experiences. Yep. The conventions are just it's just a weekend long party. I mean, yeah. it's uh, it's it, they're a lot of fun. So um, so yeah, um, please winnycity.com and then uh, just uh, click on that volunteer link up at the top, where I think the 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 the, the sub um, the sub URL is uh, volunteer. Um, but yeah, that's it for me. Um, so for next week's mailbag, uh, tis the season for holiday specials and uh, and all sorts of uh, all sorts of different uh, cross promotions and things. As far as uh, seeing, like, we've seen crazy things like the Star Wars Christmas special, Muppets Christmas specials. I mean, you know, you know, holiday specials about everything that you can possibly think of, almost, but not a lot of video game content, of course. So, um, what would you guys like to see if you were to see like a TV like holiday or Christmas or Kwanzaa or Doniger, whatever special? Um, that's somehow tied in with a video game or holiday content making it into a video game. I just, what are some cross promotional ideas for like Christmas specials or holiday specials that you would like to see that, <coughs> that haven't been done already? Um, so that, that's, that's our mailbag question to you guys for next week. And uh, with all that being said, thank you very much for listening. Um, if you like what you've heard, you can find us at GamerHeadRadio.com, at Facebook.com backslash GamerHeadRadio, at Google.com backslash plus GamerHeadRadio, and on Twitter at GamerHeadRadio, where I'm at T-E-K Charlie, Goat is at Sir Goatsworth, and John is at the Fallon Flynn. You can email us at editors at GamerHeadRadio or call us and leave us a message at 94926Gamer. Um, please download the official GamerHead Radio app on Android on Google Play or subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, um, uh, TuneIn Radio, YouTube, Twitch or with your podcast downloader of choice also on uh, SoundCloud now um, you can find our episodes there um, yeah I finally finished that did my part oh, awesome awesome and um, and uh, so thank you all very much for listening this has been yet another episode of Gamerhead Radio closing statement you would like to make no i didn't want to be on the podcast i got bamboozled you did get bamboozled i don't like being bamboozled you handled it very well crabby